Hello, Michael Worth here, and welcome to episode 35 of the All Walks of Art podcast, a show where I chat with creative individuals about their art, the art world in general, and bridge the gaps among genres and pop culture as it relates to the arts while enjoying a few tasty beverages with my friends. Think of this podcast as your favorite lounge, your creative speakeasy, basically the place we can just have fun chatting about the stuff all of us creatives enjoy. I'm so glad you are here. On today's show, we have a special guest joining us. I mixed a cocktail that shouldn't be legal and I probably shouldn't drink, but I want to do it anyway. I call it the Long Island Cherry Cheesecake. Without further ado, a regular here on the podcast, joining us from his secret fortress of solitude, someplace west of the convergence of the Allegheny and Monongahela Rivers. It's always a good time when I have this guy on the show. Welcome, Paul Ramey. Hey, thank you. Thank you very much. We're bridging gaps. I like that. Our special guest joining today from an undisclosed top secret bunker someplace in the Midwest, a fantastic creator on YouTube and a friend I met through Cody Warner's hashtag no small creator movement, Brian Vlasich. Hello, hello. Let's get into this show. Brian, I've been really kind of excited about talking with you and yeah, um, same here. I think our guests would really, really like to see it. I see you as a, a family guy who's really uh, concerned about the well-being of others and sharing what you know. That, yeah, and usually, usually at the expense of myself <laughs> and my sanity. <laughs> I will say this: there's a lot of formality here in the show at the beginning, and it doesn't stay yeah. that way. Most of our <laughs> most of our long term listeners know that uh, things get a little goofy; they get a little bit loud, annoying, uh, annoying for some. But uh, I'm, I'm not on track. You're drinking it, yeah, when yeah, you're drinking yeah. at a lounge. That's how it happens. Absolutely. Everybody's getting sipping very civilized and then the tie gets loosened and then it's on your forehead well tell me about that cocktail what's the uh what's the cocktail well i i'm going to mix it here real quick for myself i don't know that it was a good idea last night so i'm going to leave one ingredient out because it, the ingredient was expired so the story behind this the drink i made for the show i wanted to i wanted to have a long island iced tea but uh i am out of triple sec i also the lime mix that I like to use for mine was expired by about two months. And I'm like, ah, it's only two months. So what, what can it do? How bad? <laughs> so I drank a whole glass of it last night. As the night progressed, it uh, wasn't sitting real well. And uh, here I am today regretting it. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's one of them things where I just, I'm not real sure if I should make it again, but I'm going to. That's why I say it's, <laughs> probably probably shouldn't be legal. I'm gonna I'm gonna do a little little version of it. And I tell you, this is pretty hard uh, for me. I like to see Paul, and I can't see Paul. So this whole this whole thing that we're doing is is so different. <laughs> I so, just feel like I'm talking to Paul. Who? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Everybody's using Zoom and and, oh, yeah, and different I, different softwares, and I'm I'm still kind of I'm not really on that game plan yet. I I like the clean feed. Well, just this week, uh, for work stuff, we've been doing a few live streams We're we're, we've just been trying to get creative with how we're staying in front of customers and connecting with people still in our industry. So we've been hosting a lot of live streams where we do, um, 15 minute to half hour, just Q and A's and we bring on different manufacturers and, and people that, you know, we could ask live questions and it's been really good, but we really started doing it this week and we've been using StreamYard, um, which, uh, yeah, we've had some some really good luck with it. It's got its limitations. You can only use, you know, have six people at a time. So 
you know, Zoom, you can, you know, have a bunch of people obviously at the same time, but, um, you know, Zoom, uh, Zoom, Zoom's okay. We, we still use both. We use Zoom for like, uh, trainings and teaching people things and showing our screen and doing presentations. Uh, I've been hosting a weekly happy hour with our industry. So we, uh, we've been using Zoom for that just because we can fit more people in there. And then uh, we did, however, you know, live and learn. We did get Zoom bombed in our first happy hour. Uh, extremely embarrassing. Um, you know, you've got 40 some industry people watching and then all of a sudden you know porn and swastikas and all this stuff show up on the screen and oh, no. um it oh, was wow yeah we we closed out the meeting immediately and, <laughs> um yeah i mean you live and learn i guess we luckily our industry is a pretty uh you know they're pretty late we'll call them late back industry um we just you know we sent out an apology and, and we found the settings that we should have <laughs> should have set and uh yeah we had a bot kind of hijack our screen share and everything and wow um but you know people were we were kind of worried about it at first but it's kind of one of those things where you live and learn and um and just kind of hey sorry guys but a lot of people requested hey we had a lot of fun up until that (laughs) could we still (laughs) try it again and so we've uh yesterday we wrapped our or friday we wrapped our like fourth or fifth one so yeah i uh I put in a request for a cherry Coke to be delivered. So we'll see. I may have to go, go get it. How do you, uh, how she's, do you put in a request? Well, my, my wife, I've got her on, I got, I got a bunch of iPhones out here on my table right now. <laughs> so I can monitor a couple of things and, and all that. And That's awesome. I've, I've asked her to, for bandwidth reasons, obviously, I've asked her oh, to yeah. stay off of Netflix for a, a, at least the hour that we do this and, and all that. So I'm wondering if she's ignoring her phone too. She might be. <laughs> <laughs> well, just, just for the show today, I saved the last, uh, I'm actually out now, but I saved the last bit of Jameson I had. I just Ooh. poured the last glass of it. So oh. I will be, I'll be starting with Jameson today and then uh, <laughs> I'll probably switch to uh good old empathy wine after that. Oh yeah. Some Gary Vaynerchuk wine. Gary v. Yes. I'm having a can of delicious liquid death mountain water. Liquid is that really what it's called? Liquid mountain death Dew? mountain water? No, it yeah, you know, no, oh. liquid death mountain water. It comes in cans. It says it's from the Alps and uh, they come in in uh, 16.9 ounce cans. And uh I've been wanting to try it. I have no, never I, heard of it. Yeah, I hmm. ordered it. You can get a free case online if you sell your soul to the devil. I see. Yeah, I don't believe in the devil anyway. Well, so I just, I went ahead and I just paid for mine just to be safe and bought mine on Amazon. Ah, they delivered I, it right to the house. Was, did they really? Wild. Yeah. I didn't think Amazon delivered alcohol a year. It's not out. There's no alcohol in it. It's, it's, it's mountain water. water. Oh, for crying out loud, Paul, you, you're not drinking alcohol with us? <laughs> no, I told a rough I, night, he said. I drank, I think I, I had a few too many, uh, Little beers and uh, that look for forty three kind of knocked me on my ass last night. So. One of my one of my favorite lines, my uh, place my dad used to work. This guy used to just get ripped every weekend, and he'd come in Monday looking like hell. And my daddy's, you know, rough, rough night, man. And he go, 
no, the night was great. This morning sucks though. You know, <laughs> you know, I was like, it wasn't a rough night at all. <laughs> so yeah, this, this drink I've got going on, the one I call the Long Island cherry cheesecake. Uh, I do need to still, still go back and get the, uh, the, the cherry Coke. I, I don't know that she got my message. That's fine. So I'll run out of the studio real quick and grab it when I'm when I'm done here. But think of a Long Island iced tea. Every recipe I've ever seen usually goes with about three quarter ounce of of booze for each each of these. But it's basically vodka, tequila, uh, gin, white rum. Uh, I've actually used and triple sec, and I used to put a little bit of whiskey in mine for the color, and then throw okay. a little bit of coke in there for that. But with this one, I don't have triple sec, and I use cherry coke, right? So there's that's the cherry cheesecake part of it. For this particular one, I've added uh, black cherry V8 energy drink, just a little. You can you can kind of see that. So it's got a little bit of a punchy look to it. Uh, again, no triple sec, which was fine. The lime mix that I use, like I said, okay. uh, I don't know if I added that to the show or not already, or if it was pre-show you talking, but. Yeah, I think you said it was like two years old. Yeah, well, it was two yeah. months past. Or two months past. It probably was yeah. two years old, actually, but it was two <laughs> months past the expiration date, and I'm yeah. not adding it. this time. I dumped it. I dumped what was left of it. So It probably didn't go bad. I don't believe in them dates. That's I do. <laughs> I do. I do. For our listeners, I'm going to, through the magic of editing, I'm going to jump off here, grab a can of Cherry, cherry Coke, Coke. And I will be right back. That's unacceptable. It is not unacceptable. <laughs> <laughs> I was worried about technology first. <laughs> that is the uh, cherry Coke being added. And uh, for those who can't see this, <laughs> it actually does kind of look... I don't have enough room for all this. It does kind of look like a... Kind of a scary little drink, you know. Oh yeah. So I don't know if it tastes good. Hope it does. I'm gonna stir it like a I, pro. <laughs> you you want to talk talk scary brown drinks? Have you ever had a uh, a John a John Daly? No. <laughs> so so you like you know you've had an Arnold Palmer, right? Yeah. Obviously. Um, yeah. Obviously, what are you trying to say? I, I st- <laughs> <laughs> you look like an Arnold Palmer kind of guy. Well, Arnold, Pal- um, Arnold Palmers don't have alcohol in them, though, do they? No, it's just uh, iced tea and, and lemonade. Yeah, lemonade, right. Yeah, okay. now, now, so, you, now you blew Paul's mind. He's thinking Mike never had. <laughs> <laughs> so so a John Daly is uh, Deep Eddie's sweet tea vodka with lemonade. So, oh, yeah. Because right. John Daly and his history and, and being, you know, um. It, yeah, it's the drunk version of an Arnold Palmer, essentially, and it doesn't taste any different, so it's scary. It'll sneak right up on I'd you. I try that. I've never had an Arnold. I never. I have never had an Arnold Palmer. I might have to try that. Oh, it's good. Then, good then I might have to try this John Daly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just be careful, because it. Yeah, it goes down quick. I think I'm going to have to rename this when I do it like this. Actually, it'd be, it'd be proper to rename it since I did like this. I think I'm going to call this the Kenny Knick Iced Tea. <laughs> so we have a little little village nearby here called Kenny Knick. Kenny Knick. Yeah, yep. I don't I don't know how it got its name. I should know these things, but this well, is actually, actually pretty good. It tastes like iced tea with a little bit of a a ghetto kick to it. <laughs> <laughs> a ghetto. 
<laughs> I like it. Yeah. I, my only experience, I, I've been to Columbus once and it was for like three days. Uh, we filmed a bunch of stuff for like, like we did a bunch of company corporate quick videos and um, two of our people living right in Columbus. And I stayed in the, just outside, like, I think it's Dublin, is it Dublin or? Yeah, Dublin. Um, mm-hmm. There's like an embassy suites up there I stayed at. But we we went to dinner one night, my only night out um, that we did, we went to a place called Prohibition, the restaurant in like Powell oh, yeah, area yeah, yeah. up that way. Yeah. Um, very cool. Very, you know, it was hot out, so we got to go outside and just drink as much whiskey and stuff and bourbon as we wanted. But um, yeah, that's kind of my only experience with with columbus really <laughs> that's not a bad experience i don't think uh yeah it's a it's a nice it, town it really is it's uh it's one of them secrets in the midwest i think i think a lot of folks don't realize yeah how much it really does have it's uh, got a nice tech following and uh, uh google and facebook have started put in oh wow uh, quite a bit of money up there um i'm not exactly sure what all they're doing with it but uh <laughs> some of those secret little servers that they got sitting everywhere yeah exactly so well, yeah, I, I always say that too. Like, you know, everyone when I moved from Michigan to Iowa, everyone would ask me, "Oh man, what what happened?" And I'm like, "If you've never been there, how do you even know what it's like?" You know, they're just assuming like, "Oh no, he's he's downgrading or something." But once, I mean, I love Iowa City. It's a it's a cool college town. You know, you guys obviously have a college town too, and um, yeah, it's just. It brings a different energy, uh, you know, to the area for sure. But that's cool. I've never been to Iowa actually. I flew over it a couple times, <laughs> but uh, never been there. <laughs> yeah, it's it's good. We got a lot of good stuff out here. Once once you get, I always say, once you get to the cities, they're great. Mm-hmm. It's just the in between. It that part's a little. If you're driving, it drags. Yeah, <laughs> it's a, right. Seems like the snow. The snow would be just crazy because the drifting and all that it's more the ice because we don't have anything blocking the wind so as soon as anything wet hits our pavements that wind just it it makes it ice almost immediately um because growing up in michigan i mean we would get that lake effect snow and we'd have overnight you know 13 to 19 inches out of nowhere oh and driving in that wasn't a big deal but driving on ice is i i would take 13 inches of snow over ice any day. I'm with you there. Yeah. That's crazy. So for our listeners, because we've kind of been jumping all over the place here and <laughs> rambling. I'm up. a little bit scatterbrained today and I apologize to everybody. Um, tell us a little bit about your journey with YouTube. What got you started uh, and, yeah. and what other creative endeavors are, are you pursuing? So, um, when I was a kid, it, it's kind of when it's, my dad was a musician. So mom was a teacher, my dad was a musician. And that's kind of, they're both very creative people. And I think I was just surrounded by that growing up. You know, I always had music equipment everywhere in our basement. So there was always that factor in my life. And then as time went on, you know, music was always big for me. I started just playing every instrument I could get my hands on. Um, but as far as the YouTube side of it, it was just a few years ago. Um, I I used to watch the, you know, we all, if you're in the vlog community, you obviously know who Casey Neistat is. 
and uh my myself my it started it's kind of funny my buddy uh and business partner he he called me and he's like dude i got a drone i love like it's so much fun i'm flying it down my neighborhood and street and it's like he's like look it up look it up so i googled you know dgi whatever and it's a dgi review and i i'd never gone on youtube before like once in a while and watch some funny videos and stuff but um and casey's review of the drone that's the one i clicked on so i watched the first one and i'm like it really wasn't a review but like you can just fly a drone in new york like i had all these questions i was left with a lot of questions so i watched the next one and then i'm like wait so what does this guy do and so i just i got sucked in and and hooked on it ultimately so then my kids my daughters loved it um it was just, we'd always watch Casey vlogs together. Yeah. And one day I was on the couch laying there and my, my oldest daughter's like, you know, dad, you should, uh, you should make some videos and then maybe someday you can go to New York and, and, and visit three, six, eight and Casey's studio, you know, go. And I was like, nah, what, you know, come on, you're crazy. <laughs> and, uh, then she made me eat my own words and she's like, well, you always told us if you work hard enough and you put your mind to it, you can achieve anything you want. And I'm Kids like, are great. Ah, I did say that, didn't I? You know, and all right. So, um, so yeah, I got out. I, I started on a DSLR that it was a Nikon that I had no idea how it worked. Um, beyond photography stuff, I dabbled in that a little bit, but video was brand new to me. Um, and it was, it was painful in the beginning. Because I, I'm like, all right, this daily vlogging thing, I'll, I'll give it a shot, you know. So we just did a day in a life kind of thing. And the first time I went to edit, I'm like, my computer is about to explode. Like, it, it was, <laughs> I could edit like one frame at a time. It was just, I was having all these issues. Of fr- I didn't know anything about frame rates or 4K versus 1080. I had no idea what I was doing. And I'm pulling in cell phone footage and... I thought I was big time because I had a GoPro with 4K <laughs> and all this stuff. And I'm just jamming it into this program, trying to edit it, trying to edit it, trying to edit it. And it took me like pretty much five days to edit one video. And I'm like, how did these guys do this? Like they must have a, a team or something, you know, there's got to be a catch here. So I went online again to YouTube and I typed in how to edit faster and it you know, how to edit video faster with Adobe. And that's when I discovered Peter McKinnon. And so I, I click on it. I'm like, all right, I'm just going to sit down on my laptop and follow it. it scene for scene, click for click. I'm going to do the same thing so I can, I can learn this. And one of his videos came, he's like, all right, let's hop into, let's hop right into premiere. Let me and guess, I'm like, this, this was a two minute Tuesday kind of thing for him. Yeah, it was yeah, something like yeah, that. He's like, like, no time to get it all. Yeah, well, no, but he's like, he's like, let's hop into the premiere. And I'm like, I look at my screen. I'm like, premiere. I was doing everything in After Effects. Oh my God. Really? Everything. The entire edit. So that's why I was like so choppy and everything sucked. It was just, yeah. So then once I learned premiere, I was like, oh, this is, this is easy. Now I can just throw it in. Yeah, I I dove into the wrong program, but um, (laughs) yeah, that was kind of the beginning. And then I just, I don't don't know. I just, I just started blogging, you know, I just started picking up the camera and, um, and going for it and yeah, I just haven't stopped since. That's so cool. That is really cool. 
What uh, are you are you pursuing anything else as far as uh, creative work, or is it all pretty much YouTube? Well, is that that where you go? Yeah, I mean, right now, creative kind of. You know, I don't know. Yeah, it's especially right now with everything going on. It's it's crazy how it's transitioned to. You know, I'm on the road doing sales and and consulting and marketing and all that, and now I'm like full time content creator at home, <laughs> but but for my work stuff. So we've been yeah. doing a ton of content in the last couple of weeks where. Um, basically I've been taking all these skills that I've accumulated over the years (laughs) of doing YouTube and all this and, uh, and throwing that into the work realm. So it's been like that. It's good because I enjoy doing that stuff, but at the same time, it's, it's at the expense of your own ventures as well, which kind of sucks. But it is nice to be able to take some of your creative knowledge and, and be creative in a work setting and kind of. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. And what's, what's crazy is we have a, we have a pretty small team. So we're able to, when you're a smaller team, you can move faster. Um, you don't have to ask eight chains of command if they like this hue of blue or, you know, anything like that. You can just say, all right, send it, let's go and move on to the next piece. Um, so we're cranking it with like, we have people calling us constantly, like, how are you guys doing all this? Where is all this coming? You know? And I mean, we have, just in a week and a half, I think we we've launched uh, like a morning podcast, a happy hour, and like you know interviews. Now the live stream. I mean, it's crazy the amount of uh, you can really do when you have the time to do it. Yeah, I, th- so, I think that's really kind of cool, though. You you touched a little bit about creativity in your full time job, and a lot of our listeners are mm-hmm. uh, part time creatives and full time employees. Yep, and it's it's a I relate it to a big rusty lever. Uh, we, on the weekends, we, we kind of get a hold of that lever and we, it's hard to move into the other position. You know, when you want to go from employee mm-hmm. to creative entrepreneur and it's, mm-hmm. it's really difficult. And then come Monday morning, you're, you're trying to shove that lever back the other direction. And it's, it's a, it's not even a good yin yang kind of a thing. Yep. It's more of a yeah. dual life, yeah. you know, schizophrenia, uh, kind of, you know, <laughs> like who am I, you know? Um, I, th- I think it's really impressive that you're able to utilize the things you enjoy doing along with your, your career. How has that, uh, I guess trying to keep us in the, in the vein of trying to get to know yeah. Brian. Yeah. How does that, how does that really affect you on a personal level? Is it able, are you able to separate work from family and um, stuff like that? It, it's a hard, hard balance. I, I mean, I'm not going to hide it <laughs> it's a, it's a, always a hard balance um especially when like my family it, it, extremely supportive in everything i do i mean they moved to freaking iowa for me you know <laughs> it wasn't like it, it's not like they're not behind me and i and having them on board with what you're doing is so important um but there are times when if if somebody doesn't have that creative background, if they're not from that creative mindset where, as you know, I'm sure at times you're like, you're just oozing it out when it's just pouring out. And then there's those times when you're like, I don't even like you're holding a brush and just staring at a blank canvas. Like, what do I do now? (laughs) Um, and, and the trick over the years, you know, personally, like growing up and stuff, I learned how to harness like and jump on those waves when, when I've got that creativity flowing, just 
harness it, go after it, put everything into it, go all in. And then when the wave crashes and you're kind of coming down from that, that's when you're like, you're mentally exhausted almost, you know, you're, you have all this decision fatigue from, uh, you know, making all these calls and quick decisions and everything. And sometimes family can look at you like, wow, you were so ambitious for three weeks and now you're just like, <laughs> you don't want to do anything. <laughs> and yeah. it's it, that part of it's hard for me. Um, and then throwing travel and everything else to yeah. on top yeah. of that. And that's difficult. But, uh, no, I think the, the, when I got started, the biggest fear for me was like, I kept letting, we'll call it like fictitious versions of people like in my industry and family and all this. I kept letting that get into my head and almost saying like, while I'm vlogging, I'd be like, oh, I can't say that because they're going to judge me for, you know, <laughs> being too soft or, or this or that. And it, it was just like, yeah, it turned into, I did a test thing where I did 10 days of daily vlogging without hitting public. I just did it just to see if it fit in my lifestyle. And that's a good way of doing it. Yeah. You know, I went through the whole, I mean, uploaded everything just to see if timing and and all that would work. And it was great. I loved the process, but then I watched them back and I'm like, I could tell that I was holding back certain things thinking like, Oh yeah. What if that guy's (laughs) watching her? What if she's watching? You know, (laughs) I can't say that. I can't, but, um, then that's kind of where Cody comes into play. Um, I, I I did the 10 days of, of practice and thought, you know, it's great. I wish I could do it, but I just, it didn't feel authentic enough. So I didn't, I didn't want to just be fake about it. And, uh, so I kind of put on the back burner. And you're referring to Cody Warner, correct? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. No small creator. Shout out to no small creator. Yeah. Um, but I, I randomly, and again, at this point I knew of YouTube, like Casey and, and all that stuff, but they were all, you know, larger than life already at that point. So randomly I came across this video of, you know, some guy running around with a camera, he's got a family, he's got a, you know, business and all this stuff. And I'm watching, I'm like, like, he's just a normal guy too. You know, he's just like, and he, I, I was like, I don't want to say jealous, but I just, I'm like, he's carefree. Like, I don't care what anyone thinks of me. Yeah. Like I wanted that so bad. So that kind of inspired me to, to say, you know what? you know, I need a creative outlet. I need a place to, to just let it out and be me. If somebody wants to judge me, whatever, I, I just kind of got over it. it. It just clicked in my head finally. And, uh, that's when I committed to, I'm going to do 50 days, you know, <laughs> I'm gonna do 50 <laughs> daily vlogs. That is so hard. Turn into a hundred <laughs> after that. And I can't do three. <laughs> <laughs> I lately it's been really hard. Like it, it back then it was okay because it was like, I felt like I was in this learning process and just, you know, I didn't really, you know, it's like I, the whole point is just to get better and better and better. Yeah, and yeah. then now I'm to that point where I'm like, yeah, I don't like that. Uh, this one, you yeah. know, have, have I done that before? Um, which I, I'm, yeah, I'm still shifting my mindset. Yeah. You know, I never, and, you never stop. You know, to some degree we can sit back and look. I, I, when I really got excited about YouTube, for me, I, I I remember <laughs> clearly. I remember uh, I left uh, Casey's videos in like a rotation on my television, so I was constantly seeing it. And he he's so effortless 
for our, our listeners who don't know Casey Neistat is a um he's a filmmaker really and turned YouTuber uh creative entrepreneur he's done lots of different things um I couldn't even begin to tell you all the stuff he gets into and and all that but you know he in in a nutshell and I like he has a video on it in a nutshell he talks about every video has a story even your vlogs can have a story and that's kind of weird to think about because most people think vlogs are kind of you're just kind of documenting what you did your, during your day and you move on or you whatever be jumping out of an airplane or <laughs> right, something right. exciting yeah yeah, yeah. Yep. and and most of us look back and we go well we I live in a town nobody really cares about I, I do this nobody you know but when you break it down and, and on Casey's video that I was referring to he talks about um, the Jack and Jill story you know you got the three act story yep. you know Jack goes up the hill grabs a pail of water uh, Jack falls down breaks his crown blah 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 you know the whole he's he says it much better than I am but um, it, it really <laughs> yeah, does react look, narrative or whatever. yeah yeah it really does you know apply to everything and if, if you I did this once I was actually going to do a video of this where it was more like a documentary film and okay. thinking it'd be fun, but I was going to use the Jack and Jill theme because I was like, well, why does Jack go up the hill to get a pail of water? And why does yep. Jill have to go with him? You know, <laughs> all this stuff. And I started thinking, well, he's a watercolorist. He's got to have water to paint with. <laughs> so, you know, I was looking at this and maybe she pushed him down because she was tired of him painting all the time and not spending enough time with the family. So, you know, just kind of, kind of gotten dark a little bit, you know, um, it's it's easy to do that when you when you start with a really simple story, then branch off. Let the other arcs kind of take their place in the story and, and tell the story. I've always been amazed with people who do vlogs because typically YouTube is uh, either silly cat videos or something crazy like it has been you know years and years ago. And then then you got people like Gary Vaynerchuk who did a lot with uh, his wine business, his father's wine business, and 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 oh, took yeah. it from a, a a successful store. Was it New Jersey? I think it was New Jersey where he did that. Yes. I can't remember. I've been there before actually. Wine library. Yeah. Wine library, that's right. Yep. And and you know, he doesn't have a huge or he didn't even have a huge following there. And a lot of people it think an, you've got to have an email list. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean it's crazy. Yeah, it is crazy. And you build a business around that. And I think I think we get hung up on the uh the Casey Nice stats and the um I don't want to drop a whole bunch of names, but yeah, you know, um, we, we get caught up in, in the over 4 million sub count folks because we see them, you know, YouTube is yep. promoting them all the time and we, we see it because it's something that YouTube thinks we might want to see. And, and that's great. The algorithm's doing its job. It's trying yep. to keep us entertained. <laughs> but I think as creators, we start to forget that the, the 200 subscribers we have are important. We forget that the, 500 subscribers we have and thousand and we we just kind of we start thinking our, our life's not important we start comparing ourselves to others too much and i don't want to get into a soapbox situation here but mm -hmm. it's really interesting to me that vloggers they start with nothing when when they say when they want to start out they've got no subscribers they might have a few friends who jumped on for them and and support them that they may not their friends may not even watch but they're just kind of supporting them you i know i made it a point one of my when I started, I made it a point that I didn't want my friends to know. I didn't, the only people that knew were my wife and kids. Mm. 
Um, I didn't tell family. I didn't tell friends. I didn't tell anybody because I wanted it to be as organic as possible. And I felt like, like I was kind of saying before, if I knew a friend of mine was subscribed or this person was subscribed, I didn't want it to start being like, Oh man, I can't, like I was saying, I didn't want them in my head virtually. I just want to be able to be myself without any kind of like any kind of judgment at all. And uh, so I remember just when somebody said that the thing that triggered it for me talking about like sub counts and stuff, you know, you're talking millions and all that. But when you say 30 people, you know, I've given presentations where there's 30 to 40 people in a room and it's a lot of people. I mean, when you're, when you're staring down (laughs) in a room and there's 40 people, I mean, that's a lot of people. So once I, could equate that all the time. Um, That changed my whole perspective on the amount of like, wow, every person matters. And, um, and yeah, going into it just with no expectation or anything like that helped too. It was more of a, just a venture to learn and and have an outlet. Yeah. Yeah. But it's turned into extremely amazing friendships and just meeting some just and traveling to some crazy place. I mean, just it, it's it's insane the the path it's taken me on. I, I love it. I absolutely love it. It's funny. I was chasing you around it when you were at Vid Summit this last year. Yes. Uh, yeah. I for for folks listening, uh, there's a really cool conference for video creators called Vid Summit. Um, Daryl Eves, is that right? Puts it yep. on. Um, it's kind of well, cool. Now, to, and now Mr. Beast, that's right, Sean Mr. Duris Beast. own it too. Yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, the, you were out there and I, I always do the live stream because I, I do need to get in to a ticket where I can actually get out there. My work, um, we have to have our vacation time in in November. Of course, they're not usually oh, scheduled wow. on, you know, just hope I don't want to get into all that, but yeah, uh, <laughs> getting a, a, the time off to go do it is kind of, sketchy for me but uh you were you were running around and having a good time and doing the social thing with everybody and uh, i was there on live stream and the live stream camera <laughs> swung in so i had to text you or whatever i remember yeah on discord it popped <laughs> yeah, up and yeah. you're like dude turn around yeah <laughs> <laughs> I look i'm like oh there's there's a live stream yeah guy. <laughs> so that's pretty cool it's pretty cool so uh Paul, you doing okay? I gotta, I gotta I check am. in on you because we can't see you. So I am. I'm just, you know, I'm worried I, about uh, you. I don't want that deathly mountain water to. Yeah, it, you're still good. Oh, I'm doing good. It's actually pretty tasty, so <laughs> it's a good thing. I seriously have never heard of it. It sounds so, so vile. It sounds like something that would hurt you. <laughs> no, it's it's a uh, you know it's just clever marketing, cool yeah. cans, and it's, you know it's it's trying to cut down on plastic. I can get behind that. Yeah, that's good. Nice. I just, I don't tend to drink that uh, 19.9 ounces in a sitting. So, mm-hmm. but I'm going to try to choke this down. That's one thing I like about bottles. I'll take a few drinks, put it back. Well, now uh, cans are coming out with those new uh, plastic, like, pops, pop tops that you can actually slide. Oh, yeah. And seal it back mm-hmm. up. Oh, that's a good idea. But that'll yeah. be nice once, once that's universal. Yeah. Keep the bees out when you're outside. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> The bees, the, the bees. bees. <laughs> Nicholas Cage, anyone? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like his hair in uh, Con Air. <laughs> you know, 
everybody needs my hair is gonna be like that soon if they <laughs> <laughs> can't get out of our houses to get it cut. I know. I had oh. somebody I can't remember who it was. They were they were thinking, dude, you already grown your hair out and your beard's long. You're gonna look like Chewbacca by the time it's over. <laughs> I was like, ah. <laughs> we have an ongoing work joke. I actually have a tape measure, and every week I've been measuring how high my my hair's gotten. Like the first week it was four inches, then it was four and a half. And, yeah. Oh, wow. yeah, you're so, not quite Jimmy Neutron level yet, yeah. but you're getting there. I'm, I'm getting there. Well, this has been an interesting social experiment because you, you really see things that you've, you you take for granted every day that you didn't mm-hmm. really consider. And then just the fact of I'm pretty anti-social guy myself for a, a social person, but it's like I like to be able to go out and visit and, and be in public when I want to. And... Yeah not being able to, it's just like, it's, you just see how much you really take for granted being able to go to the bar and see, you know, your friends play some music and being able to have that kind of camaraderie, uh, amongst the, the, your local peers and not having that has been, been kind of a bitch and you just yeah. don't really, it's not yeah. something that I really thought of like that before. So it is tough. Now, the music side, like I, I'm a big concert guy. I love going to concerts and right now. I'm like, it, it's just, yeah, it is. It is a little brutal because it's twofold though. I think it's given a lot of exposure to a lot of talent at the same time. Cause people are, you know, looking at videos and stuff like that. And, and if, uh, you know, in my opinion, every musician that's trying to make it should just be cranking out, you know, little videos on TikTok and stuff and, and really pushing themselves because people are watching right now. Yeah. Yeah. And the more of that you can expose to, um, yeah, I mean, I've found some people I had no idea who they were and, and I'm like, wow, that guy's awesome, you know, and I'm now I'm following them. So, um, yeah, it's, it sucks because live is like, I mean, that's how you get paid nowadays. You don't get paid by album sales right, that right. much, obviously. Um, so live is where it's at and, Without that, it's gonna gonna hurt a lot of them. But it is. I think to leverage other things is really important. You know, YouTube, TikTok, Facebook Live, uh, anything that a musician or a creative—I should say creative—can can, can mm-hmm. use to to help leverage their income. I struggle a lot with. Um, I don't want this to be about me, but I I struggle a lot with. Uh, your show you know so, yeah, yeah. selling <laughs> selling art you know you, you, you sit there and you think to yourself crap you know I, I, it's going to be really hard to make a living selling artwork alone um, I get this a lot people people email me and say well how many how many paintings do you make a year how long does it take you to make a painting and hmm. you know when you start doing the numbers like a business and you realize that your production level is only going to be so high and your batting average as an artist can only be so high meaning that, you know, I might paint 40 paintings a year, but only be able to sell 36 or 30 mm-hmm. or whatever. You you do have an average there. You you do throw things away. Sometimes when you're yep. at the easel, that painting just isn't going to work. It's time to start over. And that's time. That's time you put in on something that has to be redone. And I think as entrepreneurs, we get that. But a lot of customers don't get it. Some employees don't get it. And yep. when you put all that together, it's wasted time. And, you you know... I like to use the 80% rule in terms of how much time I spend on my easel is actually quality time. That other 20% is just, it, it's wasted time. It's, it, I'm not going to make money on that 20%. So, Here's the thing. Yeah, it's not wasted though. I, I don't consider it, that a waste. It's not, but I guess uh, revenue wise it is. 
revenue. Yeah, yeah, it's um, not good for the bottom line. But- right, right. It's it's learning. It's study work. Yeah. It's you know. Yeah, I get that too, and I I totally agree with that. But the, one of my the, favorite questions right now during this whole pandemic, I get <laughs> I get all these people calling me right now, like, um, yeah, can, hey, can we jump on a call for like a half hour and you can teach me how to do that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's going to take a lot like, more than that. Uh, <laughs> I said, especially right now, I'm like, we're in execution mode. We're not, I, I said, I'll do what I can and, and you guys can be a part of what we're doing, but <laughs> I, I can't sit there and I, as much as I want to, and I, you know, I like to help people, but um, yeah, it's just, it's a culmination of, you know, as you know, as an artist too, it's like you learn this stuff over years and years and years yeah. and years of trial and error yeah. and throwing away paintings, you know, so. Yeah. yeah. I really but need sorry. to, I want to, I want to get off what I was actually going at. The, the whole, the whole thing I was going towards was, you know, you do need to leverage your work. You, you need to do more. Ooh, popping the empathy wine. <laughs> <laughs> Which one is that? Uh, it is the empathy red. Empathy red. I, I'll listen to that poor. Man, that sounds great. <laughs> you can hear the glass. He's got a proper... Drinking snob glass too. I like this. <laughs> you gotta have. I mean, yeah. Gotta uh, be able to swirl it and all that stuff. I gotta yeah. get a hold of me some empathy. I really do. That's uh, I'm I'm can hearing you, it's really can good. Can you ship wine to Ohio? Yeah, yeah. There's uh, I can just, I bootleg it to you somehow? Possibly. Yeah, I've had a few few wines bootlegged. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little bootlegging over here. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, you you leverage that. You know, when you're a creative, if you put all your eggs in one basket, and there's a lot of YouTubers doing this. I had, Amazon recently announced their affiliate um, was being cut. So mm-hmm. that, that hurts a lot of folks, man. That, yeah. that really, your income level is already going down. The You know, things are tough, you know, which kind of mm-hmm. leads me to where I want to go next. Yeah. Problem solving and challenges for creatives. What, uh, I mean, other than Murphy's Law and gear and <laughs> lack of ideas, et cetera, et cetera, you know, um, what kind of what kind of challenges do you foresee for yourself as a creator? Both of you, actually. This is um, for all of us. This is not just, you know, directed. Guess, uh, Paul, you want to take the lead on that one? Uh I'll let you go first. Man, that's, uh, I really have, I really got to think about that one. I, I, um, when I, when I thought of the question, you guys give yourself <laughs> some time to think about it. But when I yeah. thought about the question, you know, Murphy's Law is a big one for me because, you know, I, I think of gear as a problem solving thing, not a, hey, this guy has it. I need to have it too. I think it's mm-hmm. a very bad concept of yeah. why you need something. So for me, um, just to break it down into something as simple as a microphone, for me, a condenser mic doesn't work. I've got a great Dane that walks around pretty heavy, and you can hear every footstep he makes. And when Paul and I record in the studio together, we're, you know, four feet, four feet apart, maybe, maybe six feet at most. Hopefully six. Yeah. <laughs> right now, six. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, we're in, we're in different homes now. So yeah, yeah, right. yeah. He's in his uh, <laughs> fortress of solitude, and I'm sitting in my happy place. But it's kind of, you know, I had to go with a dynamic mic. And a condenser mic, yeah, they sound great. They they pull out so much stuff. And you see so many people talking about this is what you need to make a good podcast. 
But, you know, the 7B, the SM7B is not a condenser. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's a yep. dynamic mic, and, and it's been a broadcast mic for years. The SM58 that I'm using right now is a, a, a road-worthy, proven microphone for decades. I have the same microphone. And uh, I, in here. I love it. In my gear. So it works for me. I live close to the highway. Through. Yeah, yeah. But with what we're doing here, we're relying on technology to get this particular podcast done. We're, we're, we're throwing ourselves out there and saying, well, gee, I hope this internet connection lasts. I <laughs> hope uh, hope we can continue doing what we're doing. Um, Paul, you're using a, a phone, right? You're using an yep. iPhone. Yeah, and I, you know, as much as I hate Apple products, here I am using an iPhone. But I am with you, Paul. I the only thing I have is an iPhone. Everything else, I, yeah, I just I, I, I wouldn't have the this Apple one train. If, if work hadn't made me take it, so. <laughs> I, I feel lost. But you know, you Sorry. you you touched on you, you touched on how um go Maca go Maca. <laughs> You see, you see this person using this gear. You see that person using that gear. And it's like, oh, I gotta have that. I think that's, I think that's a natural, um, that's a natural reaction. If there's yeah, somebody yeah. that you're into that's using a uh, certain technology for recording, or or using a certain camera, or using a a, a, a certain guitar. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But I think you got to realize that is not where the magic is coming from. It's no, it's no. coming from you, and oh, it takes us all a little agree. bit longer to I don't figure agree. that out. I bought food, <laughs> I bought Food Network pots and pans, and I turned into, you know, Gordon Ramsay. Emerald, oh. Emerald yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now nah, he's a little angrier. We'll we'll call him Gordon Ramsay. Yeah. <laughs> You're, you are right. You don't even know. You don't even know. He beats me. Yeah. But no, I, no, but I I'm, think I'm, there is, I'm just playing. Go ahead. There there is something to that though. You know, you want yeah. to when you see. When you see somebody that you're admiring or uh, somebody on YouTube that is making content, it's like, oh, well, they're doing this and this and this. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, maybe, maybe I should try that. But really what it comes down to, it does, I mean, people are shooting movies on iPhone. Right. You know, they're yep. shooting TV shows yep. right now out of necessity on iPhones, and it looks fine. Mm-hmm. You, mm-hmm. The, the average person doesn't notice some of the artifacting or, or uh, some of the limitations that it has, it, it just looks good on their, yep. on their downloaded feed that they're getting it from. Um, it, it's like I saw a, uh, I forget who it was. So they were talking about all the, the money that's went into trying to make some of these shows, and then here at the end of the day, people are downloading it on YouTube with the bandwidth that <laughs> that you're using for that. You're really not getting the. You're not getting yeah. the bang for your buck out of HD and 4K. Oh, yeah. So mm-hmm. yeah. it's all about if the content is good, it does not matter. I mean, Kurt Cobain played a lot of songs on a guitar that he couldn't get in <laughs> tune because it was a $600 Jaguar that was beat up, you know, but but he made he made music with it. He touched people with it. So it really don't matter. It don't matter what you're doing as long as it, you got the technology to the point where it's not in your way. Yep. As long as the technology is not in your way or yep. you have ways of getting around your own limitations, you're fine. And that's all you need. And if you want to go and get the newest thing, and, and uh, I mean, God knows, I, I see a base, I want it. It's, oh, yeah. You know, so it's, it's not like a, um, 
I'm not against that, but I know that that's not what's going to make me a better player. That that might inspire yep. me to go in some different direction, you know. But it's not gonna it's not gonna make me who I am. And and mm-hmm. I think technology's gotten it's going to make things easier for the hobbyists. It's going to make things easier for somebody that doesn't understand about uh, what you got to do to to film in lighting or or to record audio. I mean, just having these things that cancel out the echo. I mean, you couldn't do that three years ago. You had all this. If you didn't have the right stuff, yep. uh, you got all this audio feedback and all this other stuff. But now it just it, it, there's not even a setting for that. It just does it. I plug this in, I turn it on, and it just works. So I think we'll continue to see some of that stuff go on. But wait, wait, what wait. you think? You're, that's funny. Yeah, because you're, you're using an iPhone and you just said it just works. It just it works. It just works. <laughs> it does. But, but hey, my, we can by Android, it, works, it just works better. But <laughs> we can we can all agree on something though. No matter the technology, <laughs> no matter the amount of you know gear or lack of or or anything, yeah. Nickelback would still sound horrible. Oh, there you Here go. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> He's part I of the it. dark side. <laughs> oh, I've I've always oh yeah. I, I I just feel like if you're a real yeah I mean here's yeah. the thing I will I will say this because going into, going into music and creativity for a minute I whenever somebody judges somebody else I always say but they're there they're at the dance they found a way yeah, yeah to make it yeah. and regardless if it's pop music yeah. or what you know the the macarena somehow yeah. some way they found a way to make it. Yeah. And so to a to some degree, you can't really knock it completely. No, you can't. Um, I mean, the fact that they were Hanson but... first and then pulled out Nickelback <laughs> after that, that's pretty, that's a big deal. That's, they, they, they hit the, they, they won the lottery twice, basically. <laughs> I just don't oh, even know great. what to say. Bop. That's great. Um, <laughs> did you guys, speaking of uh, music and performances and technology, did you guys, Catch the uh, Rolling Stones last night? No, on the live no, stream not. they did the uh, they had the big WHO Global Connect uh, where Lady Gaga kind of hosted it and did a whole bunch of like it was just Stevie Wonder did a perform. Everybody was in their houses. Oh, wow. Elton John. It's you can go on YouTube now and find it. Uh, it's like two hours long, but um, yeah, the Stones got on there and played. Uh, Can't always get what you want, and just it they're they're my all-time favorite yeah. they they've always been i grew up like that was were they isolated like yeah like, oh yeah they're like in separate screens, houses like, like what we're doing separate houses Google. zoom it was literally a zoom four screen oh, i wow. saw somebody talk posting about said charlie watts didn't have a drum kit in his apartment so he was just he, air drumming he, or something yeah he played air drums with his <laughs> uh he had his record record holder suitcase things and then he had all his records <laughs> behind him and but he still made it work. It still looked. Good. It was. Fine. That's awesome. Speaking of suitcases, um, did he yeah. did he damage it after it said it wasn't a good? <laughs> <laughs> I saw that I video know. of yours. <laughs> yeah. No, um, Thirty-three thousand people seen it. Actually, I know. Like, isn't it crazy? Crazy. Yeah. You make one video about a a piece of luggage. I, the whole point of that was just to tell a story. I'm not a <laughs> luggage guy or anything, right. but I travel a lot. And I, I can't tell you, I, I wish I could get a commission from away because every comment on there is like, oh my gosh, this is the most honest one I've seen. Thank you. That, I'm going to buy one now. Yeah. Even Genki bought one. Genki bought one. Wow. Yeah. Um, 
but yeah, I haven't done a follow-up video on that. Yeah. I, I want to do now that we're a year later, I wanted I wanted to give it a full year of use and spoiler alert, it's still alive. So <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah, I mean, uh, you know, some what the stones proved last night is just how timeless and uh, it's the stones. They were yeah. just phenomenal yeah. in any setting. Yeah. And we we forget thinking thinking a little bit about the, the conversation here about the mm-hmm. Murphy's law and some of the things that we we face. I think as creatives going forward, I think it's really important that we embrace technology. We look at ways that we can leverage technology to help us make other uh, income uh, channels mm-hmm. benefit us so that we can do the things we enjoy doing. I I prefer I, I need to kind of close this in too because I, I want to make sure that uh, when I was talking before, I, I, I'm i not making any sense right now. It's in my head and I can't get it out in words, but <laughs> it's one of the things where I'm thinking to myself, it's really important for people to know, like if you're a painter, you don't necessarily have to make all of your income from the sale of a painting, you know, mm-hmm. or a drawing or whatever. In fact, personally, I would rather, you know, I love the Bob Ross model. Mm-hmm. A lot of folks don't Absolutely. realize he did yeah. not sell those paintings. He gave them to the PBS stations. Yep, for them and to they're give. all archived right now. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah. He made all of his money on his salary for doing the the shows. Mm-hmm. He was uh, getting paid for his licensing of the different things that he sold and and things like that. That's a great model to look at, and mm-hmm. that was way before what we have today. I mean, I don't know. Nineteen ninety eight was kind of when things started changing technology wise. Yeah, and uh, what was it YouTube? Was it two thousand six? 2007, somewhere in that range. I honestly have no idea. I, um, I really, I should know that probably, but I have no clue. Yeah, I, I don't remember exactly. But I mean, we're we're living in an age where everybody thinks this is how it's always been. And it's, it's <laughs> not. It's weird. It is. And I, I think you can just... Um, I'm grateful to be on both sides of that coin because yes. I, I was born in 80, 85. So it's like, I still remember in high school... After soccer practice, I had to go to the one payphone in the school, <laughs> throw some quarters in, and call my mom for a ride. You know that kind of thing. <laughs> wow, so, right? Yeah. It was like I still have that, you know, and 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 antenna TV, and you know, I was there when Nintendo first came out and all that. Like being able to experience the before and after, I'm I'm actually really grateful for that because it, it yeah. makes you look at everything now like, wow. Like, yeah, this has come so far so yeah. fast. Um, yeah, you've yeah, probably really been incredible. in a library. <laughs> you probably actually went to a library. I went to libraries. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, school library and everything else. We, yeah. you know, at, back back in high school, the what was what was like the hot search engine was Ask Jeeves. Yeah, Not that. That, <laughs> that was our first one, and that was like so. You know, you look at Google now and stuff. It's just so archaic. Yeah. It was to the point where Ask Jeeves was more frustrating than going into the, you know, actual library and finding yeah. a book and <laughs> right, everything. Right. Like it was quicker. So. Are you old enough to remember the Dewey Decimal System that we had to use from the card catalog? I mean, yeah, really? actually. Good yeah, I, I learned that uh, in grade school because we, you know, yeah, grade school all the way up to high school for me was when technology really started changing. That's when like AIM yeah. came out and all that and... Um, but yeah, prior to that, it was all, all old school. You know, my mom was a teacher too. So she oh, made yeah. me learn how to 
yep. do it the right way. Yeah. It's important. <laughs> Paul, I don't want to hold you up. I know you have another engagement later. So if you need to bolt, we can do that. If I hear people start coming in, I'll let you know. Yeah, I'm wait, waiting on uh, getting ready to have rehearsals. Our first uh, rehearsal we've had since this whole uh, COVID oh, wow. thing. But my studio is big enough. We can we can maintain more than enough distance. So. That's cool. Nice. That's cool. Yeah, be safe there. Um, yeah, just let well, us know. Yeah, I got to. Ryan's a spitter, so I got to be careful. <laughs> All right. Paul, Paul, I got to ask them before you go, Who's who's your favorite bass player of all time? Favorite bass player of all time? Well, that's a... Cliff Burton's the reason why I play. Okay. I was yep. I was getting ready to give it up and uh, I just wasn't getting anywhere with it. It's you know basically something you can sit at home and just kind of jam by yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And then uh, uh, somebody was like, "Man, you really need to check out some of this early Metallica stuff." I was already real into Megadeth, but I wasn't really okay. too into Metallica, and, and I it just it blew me away. Yeah. But that said, I'm a um, Billy Gould is probably my biggest influence from Faith No More because he uses mm-hmm. fingers, he slapped, mm-hmm. he used distortion, he played leads. Uh, his influence is, is all over my playing. And of course, Billy Sheehan, even though I don't play anything like him. Um, <laughs> but but that's, that, that's probably my... If, if I had to pick one, I'd, I'd, have, I'd have to say Billy Gould. That's cool. That's cool. I was going to ask awesome. you too, Brian. What? Uh, yeah. Obviously, we talked about Casey Neistat, and I, I, I clearly you're a Gary Vaynerchuk fan. Um, (laughs) what I should say, who, who inspires you to uh, create and and do more? That's a good question. Um, A lot, a lot of people. Um, I, for me, it's not, it's one of those things where, you know, it's sometimes you don't know who it's going to be next. I mean, back in the day, I've always been, um, you know, I always say, even though I was born in the eighties, I should have been. I should have lived through the eighties as a, you know, teenager, and you know, because I I'm a huge eighties hair metal fan. Um, <laughs> oh yeah, huge, huge, like like big, like really big, <laughs> Blue Murder and all that stuff. Oh my, I, are I, you oh serious? I just oh, yeah. messaged Tony Franklin just the other day. He's super kidding? cool. Oh yeah, he'll message you back. He's he's Oz awesome. Fox he's on all Instagram. Guys, like Oz Fox, I know him through a friend in Vegas, like from Striper, Striper was my first concert. Yeah. Oh my, my that god. That was my very first concert. Yeah. Oh, baby. that's hilarious. I love them. I always I I was always an outcast in high school because you know, I mean, I was I was in high school in early, you know, I graduated high school in 2003, but I was always an 80s hair band guy. And uh so, you know, I grew up just idolizing those guys. I mean, first, I'll say this. I grew up being in Michigan and stuff. My dad was a Hammond B3 organ player. Oh, um, wow. I grew up on you know, Lee Michaels and Bob Seger and all, you know, all the Michigan guys and stuff, too. Not that Lee Michaels was, but um, that was my dad's influence was Lee Michaels. And then his drummer got me into, like, listening to their live albums, got me into drums and it just, I went down the rabbit hole. And then, um, when I started looking into songwriting and stuff like that, you know, I loved the, the rebellion of the, you know, the quiet riots and all that stuff. But like, then the songwriting side of it, I, I got more serious into and, um, obviously girls and everything else when you're in high school. <laughs> um, I, I really is some people might say soft as it is now. I, I was I was and still am a huge Bon Jovi guy. Yeah. Um, I always loved Richie Sambora. You know, I was yeah. always a huge Richie fan. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, and, and Tico, Tico's a train on the drums, but 
Um, but yeah, I, you know, when I was 15, it's so funny. I, I couldn't drive yet. Just a quick story. And I won tickets and backstage passes to poison. <laughs> and I was like, and my mom saw the behind the music of poison. Oh, no. She's like, you're not going. Yeah. You 80s, know. 80s were such a, Oh, and then I'm like, mom, yeah. they're old now. It's yeah. different. It's, it you know, I mean, that was the, the and so, uh, but then I was like, how am I going to get there? Cause I don't want to, you know, I'm not going to bring my, my dad couldn't go, which normally he was my concert buddy. He always is. And, um, how am I going to get there? So I, I just asked a 17 year old girl I could drive. She was a friend of mine. I'm like, yeah, hey, you want to go to a poison concert? <laughs> and, uh, yeah, we got to go backstage and, and, you know, meet Bobby doll and, and all those guys. And, Ricky Rocket and uh, I've been hooked. Like I, I I've just been hooked to eighty hair metal forever. It is oh, infectious. God. I mean, you cannot get away it's, from it. Yeah, as much as I want to, my playlist always goes back there yeah. every time. Yeah. Oh yeah, Cinderella's a big one too for me. Yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm going, I can't get uh, past Dio. I just can't. I, oh, Ronnie James. Yeah. Every know. time I go through my my phone. Looking at my iTunes, I'm like, oh, what's in my library today? Oh, okay. You know, of course, I don't get very far. I go to D, and it's like, Neo, there it you'll, is. You'll appreciate this then, Mike. So <laughs> my brother's name is Mike as well. So my brother and my best friend, Matt, go to this Irish bar in our hometown in Grand Rapids. We go up to the jukebox, and we would play Holy Diver like seven <laughs> times. And, you know, the first minute and a half is wind. Yeah. So people are just yeah, like yeah, looking around yeah. at each other, like, what the hell's going on? And then all of a sudden, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I go into it and and we would just laugh. We were just people watching. Yeah. We'd just yeah. see their reactions. So, yeah. All of his music was just so epic. And it was mm-hmm. it was a very very movie soundtrack like yeah. in, in a lot yeah. of ways, you know. And um you know, it's we we lost a we lost a legend there when he passed away. I know. I I've been fortunate to meet a lot of my music heroes, luckily. Like, I, I've had that, you know, I mean, not everybody, but I've, uh, yeah, a lot of them, some by chance, some yeah. random, like, um, <laughs> when I was seven, 17, maybe, um, I was at the Hard Rock Hotel in Orlando on vacation, and uh, I was with my girlfriend at the time, we're hanging out in the lobby, and she, she, knew nothing about 80s hair metal you know she was in the 98 degrees backstreet boy era mm-hmm. and uh we're talking about you know it was like 7 a.m we're down in the lobby and we're just like so what are we going to do today and all of a sudden she goes man look at that guy over there look at that funny looking guy in the hat over there and i turn around i'm like oh my god it's kevin DeBro. <laughs> oh because wow. he's a monster man i mean he yes. was just like yeah larger than life and I'm like, I, I'm like, oh my God, like, and I don't get starstruck. Like I've met enough people where I'm not that yeah. like guy, but my brother and I were fans and stuff. I'm like, all right. And we don't have iPhones or anything back then. So we had a disposable camera and, uh, <laughs> so, so yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like very rough footage. Um, like the zap Ruder video. Um, but yeah, anyway, I walk up to him. And I, and I let him finish his sentence and I'm like, you know, Mr. DeBro, just, I don't want to interrupt anything, but just, and he's looking down on me, you know, I'm just a kid, you know, he's, he, I mean, I didn't realize how big that guy he's was a giant, yes. just huge. And, uh, you know, he's got the curly hair coming out of his hat and stuff. And, 
he's like, he's staring at me with no expression at this point. I'm like, Mr. Bro, just want to say I'm a big fan and stuff. I don't want to interrupt, but can I get a quick picture with you guys? And uh, he just stares at me and I'm like, oh man, I messed up. Like I shouldn't have interrupted him. And then all of a sudden he goes, how old are you? (laughs) I go go, 17 or whatever. And he's like, how do you know who I am? (laughs) And, and so I started talking to him and explaining everything. And he was more interested in why me as a 17 year old kid in 2005 or six or whatever it was. Um, or no sooner than that, it was like 2002 or something. Um, why do you know who I am? You know, he was more interested. And then, uh, what's his name from Doc in guy's name, the guitar player, Um, George Lynch. Lynch. Yeah. He like brought him in. He's like, Oh, he likes to feel like a rock star once in a while too. And they were there for a celebrity, (laughs) celebrity golf outing. Yeah. And so he could play music. (laughs) I have this horribly dark, like underexposed photo of me and Kevin DeBro and everybody, but, um, uh, it's worth it though. But I got to talk to him for like half hour, 45 minutes. And yeah, then unfortunately, like a year and a half later, he passed away. But, wow. um, but yeah, just like random stuff like that. I've, I've always had that in my life. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know. It's just weird. Dawkins, the last time, speaking of Dawkins, I saw, yeah. I was watching, uh, Reb Beach was playing guitar for them when they were playing live. I don't know if he's still doing that now. No, uh, I just saw him. They got a younger guy, but. Barry Sparks is playing bass for him, and he did one of the greatest bass solos I'd ever seen. Barry Sparks used to play for Engbe and oh, really? played for some other guys. He is a fucking monster, man. Oh, yeah. Man. I saw bet. him at the Picktown Palooza. It was awesome. <laughs> and it was packed. I, well, it's funny because I went and seen um, the Jason Bonham Led Zeppelin experience. Yeah. And oh, Tony Franklin. How was, was that? Playing. Oh, it was incredible. You should go. They were I great. I missed it by like a day. It was when very was good. Go. And, uh, so I went and seen that at the, a big outdoor place we got in Columbus, and uh, Tony Franklin nice. was playing bass for him. And then it was getting towards the end of the set. I said, hey, if we leave now, we can still make it over and catch some of the docking set. So we did. We drove clear across <laughs> town, and we went and we caught, caught the docking set, and it was packed, man. I couldn't believe it. I mean, oh, yeah. it was like a, it was like an out, uh, it was almost like a fair. It was like a two-day kind of fair type thing they had going on. And oh, okay. I mean, real good crowd, and I mean... Was, it was just really cool. Was Mick Brown still playing drums? No. Yeah, no. No, it was, uh, it was a really young guy too. He looked a little bit like Randy Castillo. Oh, okay. So. Yeah. Have you guys ever heard of Scrap Metal? The band? No, no I Scrap no. Metal. No. I, I shouldn't call it a band. It's a project. Um, so when I first moved to Iowa, it, it was like bachelor life because we had no furniture. Like we, we had, rented the place but we had you know we we're still living in michigan so i had to come to iowa to like take care of a few things and you know on the business side and everything but i'm i'm literally sleeping in a sleeping bag on the floor in a master bedroom no furniture no anything no tv um and i was staying the weekend because it didn't make sense to drive all the way back to michigan anyway so i i looked up i'm like all right saturday night in iowa city what is there to do? And so I Google it. There you go. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I saw that like we have a casino like 20 minutes from here. And um, there's you know, this thing called scrap metal that night, that Saturday. And it was like 
tickets were like 25 bucks. And uh, I bought it. And what it was is it's all these 80s hair metal singers that made a band and they call it scrap metal. Like, I've never, I'll have to look that up. Yeah. And it's, and, and it's in, it's in a rotation. It's just like kind of whoever's not on tour or whatever. I think I have Um, heard something about that. Our lineup was, it was the Nelson brothers with Mark Slaughter. Um, uh, who's the guy from Mr. Big, the lead singer? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Eric Martin was there and Kip Winger was there. Oh, and, yeah. uh, and then the current guitar player for white snake and stuff like, and you walk in there and it cracked me up because I mean, it was sad, but it also cracked me up <laughs> because <laughs> they were playing at a level, like you walk in there and it's like a ballroom, like you'd have a wedding reception. Yeah. And they've got Marshall stacks to the ceiling. <laughs> like they're, like they're playing the forum. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, <laughs> Man, you know, they start out with burning bridges, you know, Mark Slot. I mean, it's just it, killing it. You know, it's just the loud as can be and bigger than life. And I'm like, oh, this is going to be a great night. You know, I can't wait yeah. for this. And the sad part, the it was great. And it sounded, they, they were all amazing. <laughs> but the saddest part of the whole thing is when in between songs, like Mark Slaughter would be like, hey, how's everybody doing? And he'd unplug his guitar, you know, <laughs> get the feedback and he's doing his own guitar chain like he has no guitar tech or it's just him <laughs> and like it was just like wow you guys went from these massive massive stadium tours and all this stuff yeah. to yeah a ballroom in iowa yeah you know just which is another that. that's another thing about youtube you know these guys they yeah. they perform in front of like 500 people at mm-hmm. best when they go to some mm-hmm. of these these local clubs Yep. And they, you know, they were, they were selling out arenas in the eighties. Yeah. Oh yeah. And we all think, oh, I only have 500 subscribers. I can't do anything. <laughs> right. Oh my yeah. God. You know, and you're going to get multiple views on that, yep. that video. That's even bigger than your subscriber, your subscriber count. I think, I don't know the numbers for everybody, obviously, but mm-hmm. I think a good, a good rule of thumb is you're only going to get about 15% of your subscribers. If that watching your yeah. videos, everybody yep. else is new, you know? Yeah. And yep. people just don't they, subscribe yeah. to everything. They want to watch stuff. They like you, but they, you know, may, they may mm-hmm. not subscribe. And that's the thing about, we can learn from the eighties metal, uh, yeah. hair bands and stuff. And, yep. uh, you know, I love them all. I still do. I really, you know, something else. There was something else on my mind there when you were talking about those guys, uh, doing their thing. And I was looking forward to the tour this summer. I don't know if they're still going to do it now. The stadium tour with, uh, the crew getting back together and Def Leppard and Poison. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Um, Joan Jett but, was going to do some of those. Yeah, I Joan Jett was on yeah. that. Uh, bon Jovi was going to tour with yeah. Brian Adams. That'd be good. Stones were going back. Yeah. On tour. There's a wow, lot of tours really? this summer. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Wow. They Fun. just ca- they just canceled walking. Oh, they did. I didn't know. Yeah. That. Chris oh. had tickets to it. Man, okay. my my buddy's been looking forward to. It. He he bought his tickets a year ago and he's wow. been looking oh, forward man. to it. And they just canceled it this week. So. Fun fact, as I knock my mic over, <laughs> fun, fun fact, um, I, I have fun with uh, younger generation folks. Being, yeah. being a product of the 1970s, growing up in the 80s, a lot of folks go, oh, you're a drummer. I didn't know you was a drummer. Yeah, yeah, I, <laughs> I used to drum. Well, do I know anything you've ever done? Yeah, I was the drummer for uh, Slaughter. <laughs> <laughs> and they look at me and they're like, I can see that. 
You grew a beard. Yeah, I did. I did. I grew a beard. <laughs> My hair was a little bit longer, a lot whiter, you know, lighter color of blonde. And now it's a little darker. A little feathered. Yeah. Blas Elias is beautiful. You can't, I mean, you're a good looking guy, but you, you just can't pull that off, man. You're I'm pulling it off because everybody under under the age of 35 right now seems to think it's true. We told some, <laughs> we told some strippers in a, in a strip club one night we were in Slipknot, and that's a little bit easier to pull off, and they believe that. So. Well, yeah, masks. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's awesome. I'm in mushroom head. <laughs> yeah. You, you need to set your sights a little bit lower, Mike, than, than him. Just no, saying. it's funny, though. It's like, oh, those are the up all night guys. It's like, yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. that's, yeah. that's it. Mm, Light of the us. angels, guys. Yeah. 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 Nah, they, yeah. It's just that. Good music. As cheesy as it was, you know, yeah. the, the images and everything else, like, uh, you know, you look at you it was a race. At, for, it was a race for Aquanet. That's all it was. Oh for. my god! <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was like Aquanet was like our toilet paper nowadays. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, a lot of these guys, uh, man, could really play. That's why you know, yeah. Winger's well, still one it. of my favorite bands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, oh man, Skid Row, Winger, incredible. Yeah, Skid yeah, Row. Skid yeah, Row yeah, was. Geez. Oh man, I the first time I, I remember I got into Kiss really heavily for a while, and uh, I I was mad. I remember <laughs> my poor parents. I was so mad because the first time they came around, we couldn't like my dad's like, no, we can't. You're not going. You're not going. And then they came back around for the farewell, the first farewell tour with the original four. And uh, my dad surprised me with tickets and stuff. And so we went and the, the opening act was Skid Row and Ted Nugent. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, that's that's and, a bizarre. That's a really oh, bizarre because Ted doesn't really jive real well with a lot of folks. I know the Motor his, City yeah, Madmen. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. His political. He puts on an kinda, incredible yeah. show though. I seen but his, but his show, man. I mean, yeah. He when he just sticks to being a showman, it's, mm -hmm. yeah. it, it's oh, yeah, phenomenal. Yeah. I mean, Mick he's Brown. really, really good. Speaking of docking before, Mick Brown was actually mm -hmm. drumming for uh, Ted Nugent last time I seen him live. Oh wow! Yeah. Okay, good stuff. Go on with your story, though. Yeah. As I'm oh, no. So, so this is one of those. So growing up, uh, I'll back up just a, a titch. Um, my dad, my parents, like, you know, we're just blue collar family. My dad was a musician by night and, you know, whatever job during the day kind of thing. Um, but he's mainly a full-time musician. And then my mom was a full-time teacher. And uh, the crazy thing is, though, he, he always thought it was important that we saw when, when acts would come to town, like older acts and stuff, he's like, I, I cool. want you to see him. So he'd always like, even though we didn't have a lot of money, we'd always end up going to these amazing concerts. And, uh, like my first real concert was, was Bob Sager and silver, silver bullet band. Oh, that ruined um, you for everybody else on my birthday. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, wow. And back when, back when Bob was still moving a little bit yeah. too, I mean, it yeah. was, it was good. There you go. There, there's, you can, you can tell people you're back. <laughs> You're Bob Seeger. There you go. <laughs> With the beard and stuff. Right. Um, but uh, <laughs> shake the, get the stuff off of as I walk into a club. But yeah, so then, the cold. then then it's like our next concert. We went from Bob Seeger to the Moody Blues with our our Grand Rapids Symphony, which phenomenal show. Then it was Rod Stewart. And then it was Stevie Nicks with Boz Gags as wow. the opening act. Wow. Um, so I got yeah. to see like all these amazing. Um, yeah, I saw Tina yeah. Turner's last tour with Lionel Richie opening Damn. for her. Dang on. Know? Um, so my dad was always very adamant that we. Yeah, bless like, your dad. I tell you what. Oh, that's, seriously. That's, you know, yeah, my mom and dad are 
freaking amazing for putting up with me too. Um, but but I'm forever grateful for all that. So going back to kind of kiss and stuff, we, my dad and I went to kiss and amazing show. I I mean, as silly as you know, there's, it's always the same gimmicks. It's always the same thing, but it's just, it, you got to experience it. Yeah. Um, if, if you're into music just to see it. And, uh, so years later, probably, I think it was like three years ago or something like that, four years ago. Um, we, we were already living in Iowa and, um, I was driving, got an email notification that they announced Paul McCartney was coming to Grand Rapids, Michigan. And and at this point I live in, my parents live in Nashville. Now I live in Iowa city and, uh, I didn't, didn't ask the wife. I, (laughs) I literally went (laughs) home and just bought, I had like an American express presale deal. I bought way too expensive tickets for this, uh, like the VIP experience. So like, yeah, happy birthday, father's day, everything (laughs) to my dad. Um, but I told my wife, I was like, look, the amount of concerts he took me to as a kid and and everything he took me to was just an amazing show. I said, he's never seen a Beatle. He has never seen a Beatle. I said, I want to give that to him. Yeah. So she was like, okay, I get it. Um, that is so impressive. fast forward. Yeah. Fast forward to the show. We get to go to the sound check, which was an hour and a half long. So an hour and a half of Paul McCartney playing like songs all the way through. It was like a mini wow. concert basically. And then he did 90 he, minutes he did, of actual playing. It, yeah. Well, that's and, amazing. And, and the crazy thing about it, this this is the thing that blew my mind. So he would play, you know, uh, magical mystery tour, like this huge production, full production lights, the whole deal. Like they were live, you know, like they were playing it that night and they would get through it. And it was just like, <laughs> cause there was like 30 people in the arena at that point. So it was sound check. Yeah. And, uh, it was just weird. It's like, we just saw this, amazing thing this magic happened and you just hear that golf clap yeah it was yeah that was a little i've never experienced that before but um yeah but he did an not, hour later it was oh, you know yeah, well and he played three hours wow on the actual that's, show that's worth your ticket right there and between between that sound check and the three hour actual show he he repeated one song Wow. So we got to see, I mean, the catalog that guy has is unbelievable, but so hang on, hang on a second. Paul, do oh, I need to, a- do I need to mute you for a while? <laughs> you, you, you got like, you're building something over there. No, I'm not, I ain't got nothing building. Okay. Suck me, Mike. Oh no. I've had to listen. I've had to listen to your feed all. It sounds like you're, you're, Broadcasting from Vietnam on a ham radio, so I don't even want to hear you run your mouth. Good morning, Vietnam. <laughs> that is funny. All right, all right. I'm just hearing all oh. kinds of banging going on, and I'm, I'm like, what? What? Huh? Hmm? Hmm? <laughs> Good for you, Paul. Yeah. Um, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you got me all. I'm like, I'm, I swear to God, I'm going to go through all my cables now and start checking. Uh, I'm going to go, you know, this get, one? get the meter out and what the heck, you know, anyway. You just ruined the rest of his week. <laughs> right. Uh, well, he didn't have nothing better to do, so. No, I don't. <laughs> now I hear a cat. 
I do hear a cat. I don't have a cat. I don't eat. Well, I do, but they're not here. <laughs> I got, I got two. <laughs> oh, okay, there we go. Okay. Um, anyway. Anyway, so yeah, we do the sound check, which was phenomenal. And then it also included a second row ticket. So we were in the second row for Paul oh, wow. McCartney. And um, so during the show, I knew like uh, that. So this was a Monday night show. And on Saturday, Kiss with the new lineup had played, you know, in Grand Rapids. And they're huge Beatles fans. So all of a sudden, I'm like, you know, enjoying the show. And, and half the fun of the show was just watching my dad's face, like <laughs> seeing him just like, you, you could just see him go back, you know, to, to all the, where, where was all this the show hits. at? I was in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Okay. Yeah. At the Van Andel arena where I've seen quite a few shows and, uh, and that's my hometown too. So it was kind of cool to see it, see it there. Yeah. Um, same arena that my dad and I had saw Skid Row and Ted Nugent kiss. So I look behind me and I kid you not in the fifth row. So three rows behind us, here's Gene and Paul without makeup. <laughs> they, wow. They, they oh love the Beatles. They love the Beatles so much. They stayed over the weekend for Paul's show <laughs> on Monday. Wow. And I, and I told my dad, I go, you talk about full circle. I said, we sat in the ass end of this arena to watch these two clowns. <laughs> and now we're two. I go, we have better tickets and kiss yeah. for Paul McCartney. <laughs> That's such a surreal right. moment. <laughs> it was so weird. It was, it was bizarre. It was really weird. But, but wow. obviously just one of those, like, you'll never forget it. You know, I'm, and that's, you know, that's how we kind of do it. We were always like my wife and I, we always say experience over stuff. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I, I gained a lot of respect. Um, some of my early memories of music, mm-hmm. uh, my first drum was a snare drum by Premier. Okay. Uh, I was I was a little kid. I remember uh, when I was five, I started taking drum lessons at the local music store, Jim's Music Land was what we called it, hmm. what it was called. And um, my parents were like, oh, I think you need to maybe focus on something else other than drums. And my brother was a trumpet player, so I ended up playing trumpet for a while. And by the time I was 11, I was like, I really need to get back to drums. I re- really like drums. I it was, I hated trumpet. I really did. Just something about them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, I so I got that snare drum, and as a little kid, I remember, I must have been between five and ten, and um, my dad brought home a forty-five record. <laughs> it had Beth on one side oh. and Detroit Rock City on the other. Yep. So. I kind of felt like I needed to be a, a Kiss fan, and <laughs> I remained that. And I stole my brother's. Uh, my brother's six years older than me, so I went into his room. I was never allowed in there ever for no reason. He was at school or doing something. He was he was away, and I was like, "Hey, I can get in his bedroom." So I busted in his bedroom and I stole his uh, Kiss Platinum record. Which is why you mm-hmm. probably weren't allowed in this room to begin with. So I guess that was a good rule. <laughs> yeah, probably, probably so. But that's not the way I see the story happening, Paul. <laughs> there's two sides to every story. I, yeah, there's two sides to every story. So I stole it. He didn't know what happened to it. But I, I love that because it was like a like a shiny chrome looking, you know, great big record. And I had this little 45 I put on my Mickey Mouse record player and 
It literally was a Mickey Mouse record. I'm not making that up. It's not like a word. It was Mickey Mouse. So I could listen to, you know, the different things I listened to. But anyway, I sat there and I said, oh, wow, this is so cool. All these different things. And then over the years, I kind of fell out of favor with Kiss. It was like, oh, it's, you know, I don't really dig it. Yeah. No, I hear it. You know, and then uh, the, the disco era that they went through, like what the fuck? <laughs> what what was that? You know why are you guys doing Tonight. that? You know? And yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, I kind of fell out of favor. Well, then uh, recently, I I located a Joe Rogan Experience podcast uh, episode with Paul Stanley, and I just I was mm-hmm. like, dude, that that why did I stop listening to Kiss? I, you know, it, and Mike, I mean, it's so funny because I've had a resurgence to where. I've been showing it to my daughters and, and now they're like, wait, so they were make so that's the same guy as <laughs> the, the guy with the star. Like they, cause they've been, they become music. Like I've been passing, yeah. passing it along and I'm almost in the same exact boat. I saw an interview yep. with, with Paul and, and Paul's been doing some check-ins from home and playing like acoustic sets of random things. And I, I I've had the itch again. Yeah. yeah. And he's been talking about uh, different different songs and about yeah. how the game yeah. It's funny because I shared one today and I sent it a private message. I'm like, man, this old grandma can still rock. But he was talking about Love Gun and, and uh, that's it, funny you mentioned that because I just came across that today. That's Paul, funny. Paul, let me ask you this because I, you know, I've had this conversation with a few people and I I, I trust your opinion because you know who blue murder is. Um, <laughs> I, uh, Paul's older than dirt. He knows whoever he was there when Moses brought the tablets down. <laughs> Suck me, Mike. All right. Anyway, but yes. I, I, is, is he, or is he not one of uh, an underrated bass player, Gene Simmons? I, he is. He's a, but what's funny, it's like in this love gun thing. That's one of my, yeah. my favorite kiss bass lines. And mm-hmm. apparently Paul Stanley played it in the studio. And, <laughs> really? and that's the thing. That. It's like Gene played guitar on certain songs and, yeah. and other people played bass and stuff. But, I mean, he had to come and bring it live. And, and mm-hmm. he's got his own, like, he don't care about the drums. He don't care about Mm-mm. the kick. Uh, yep. He just cares about doing his, his parts yeah. and, and yeah. how it yep. fits in the song. And it's, it's cool. You know, he's a, he is a... Uh, What's the word I'm looking for? I mean, he's just a he's just a good solid rock bass player. He just really I is. Feel, I feel like him and Nikki Six are similar. Nikki like Six I'd gets them, no I'd, love, but but he's I yeah. think he's he's a good you know he's a great songwriter, obviously. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, I think he's a pretty good bass player, actually. You know, for what he does, I'm not a big Crew fan. I'm a big Tommy Lee fan, but yeah. but I like Nikki's playing actually. Yeah. So yep, it's just I, funny. It's just it's funny how. I don't know. You, you get in this era of of all these guys doing all this flashy stuff, and and there's nothing wrong with that. And God knows I like to do that when I can. But it's you think about these Kiss songs. These are songs. A lot of people. That's the first songs that they've ever learned. They're not hard necessarily, yeah. but yep. they work. And that's that's what you're trying to do. That's what yeah. you're trying to do as an absolutely, artist. Absolutely, absolutely. So. Mm-hmm. So Paul, you're gonna you're gonna head out on us and uh, go about your business with your band today. Time to make some music, man. It is time. This to is what make we're. Music. It's not all about just talking about it. It's I know. time to do it. You know. Yeah, I I really I do appreciate you on the show every time you're here, 
And I cannot wait to get you back in the studio where we can, you know, do this appropriately the way we like to do it. So yes. uh, we will we will do it some other time. But uh, really good to have you on the show. Thanks for coming, Paul. Thank you. Been, been great here. It's been great talking to you, Brian. Yeah, you too. Nice meeting you. Awesome. Officially. Awesome. <laughs> So for our listeners, Paul is on his way out of here. He is doing his thing. I am talking with the great Brian Vlasic, and uh, I hope I'm saying your name right. I really do. Yeah, no, you, that's spot on. Awesome. Because um, at first I was thinking Vlasic, like pickle. It's always, <laughs> I always tell people, like the pickle with an H. Oh, there you go. Here you go. So we we were we were talking. I know this is a long episode for folks listening, and I appreciate you do. <laughs> Sorry, listening. I'm long winded. No, no, no. This is a good show. This is we have gotten into so many different different things and and all that. And I I want to continue this. I don't want to I don't want to drop it yeah. off. But um, I will say this, Brian. If you do need to cut me off, cut me off. Uh, okay. I can I can sit and do the lounge thing all day long. I probably should have been a <laughs> probably should have been a bartender. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Most of us probably should. Yeah, I was in college. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Been there. I understand. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, I, 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 I had a lot of questions that I put down for mm-hmm. myself. I always, when I plan these shows, I, I sit and think, all right, what, what am I going to do? You know, if I talk to him about this and that, and yeah. I don't, I don't really want to get into the. I really hate interviews. Even when I, <laughs> I'll say it this way. When I was doing a lot of the um, music stuff, I did photo journal, mm-hmm. photojournalism for a while. I'm starting to get a little tongue-tied here. No, you're right. Um, photojournalism for a while. And mm-hmm. it was all the, the rock bands and heavy metal bands and, and that sort of thing. I learned a, really quick. These guys get really tired of the same questions. You know, they do a lot of interviews. And it's like, Let, can I add on to that? Yes, you can. Go ahead. So, uh, it's a perfect segue to this story. I, uh, like I was saying earlier, a big Bon Jovi fan. I've always admired just their work ethic. You know, Richie's play, all that stuff. But as musicians, but also as people, like I always feel like they're more than just the band. You know, John John does a lot of charitable stuff and all that. So I've always looked up to that. And, you know, they've always made, you know, as we call it on YouTube, evergreen content. Their songs, they write them as evergreen songs. You know, they always apply no matter what generation's listening to it. And uh, I had the opportunity to meet them in Vegas one time. And it was a Q&A and all this stuff. And it was, <laughs> I was probably the youngest guy in the room <laughs> and one of the only males. And, uh, and all these, all these people, great. I, I got to meet some really cool people from all over the world. I mean, people from Brazil, this, uh, lady Sharon, you know, from Australia, we still have to keep in contact from it and all that. But, um, at the Q and a, it was interesting how people were like, um, you know, asking about his hair, asking about this <laughs> and you could just see his face like. Mm-hmm. Like he was trying to be nice and, yeah, and like he and everything. that but, question a thousand times. Yeah, you could just tell, you could just tell. And, and so finally you get to ask him a question. You say like, um, you know, I asked him, uh, you know, I got a question about songwriting. And and his face, he just turned from like disengaged to, 
finally something I want to talk about, yeah. you know, like yeah. you, you could just yeah. tell. Yeah. And, and so I, I've seen that, um, you know, poison was the same way. Ricky rocket. I, I started talking to him and, um, obviously I can drink when I was backstage cause I was too young. And so <laughs> all these drunk people are coming up. Oh, you're so great. You're so great. You're so great. <laughs> he started hanging out with me and my friend because he's like, it's like, oh man, I wish I, I wish I would have known, you know, before the show with the drums and all, like we talked forever. And it, it's like when you treat somebody as a human being, yeah. you don't treat them, you don't put them on a pedestal, right. you know, you, you just treat them as another person. Yeah. Um, it goes so much further. Yeah. There's so, so much, much more further. story. Uh, yeah. I, the, his name is on the tip of my tongue. You probably knew how to talk about, um, crap. He, it, his thing is, uh. He always talks about the thing under the thing. Oh yeah. Um oh, Project shoot. Greenlight. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. what's his name? Uh, I don't know. I, I love it. I watch all I his stuff. I can see his too. face even. Yeah. But, but oh, yeah, yeah, that's that to me is the, the when you interview, uh mm-hmm. when I was going back and doing some of these interviews, it was always what's the thing under the thing? Mm-hmm. And uh I I, I didn't re- it wasn't that for me then. I I didn't recognize that. Until gotcha. I, I knew what uh, Story Greenlight was saying, but that's his. Uh, if for those listening, if if you want to go check him out on YouTube, he's a fantastic editor and filmmaker and YouTuber. Uh, Story Greenlight. Um, I should probably be looking him up right now, but I I'm can't. look. I'm I'm looking at it right now. Awesome. I'll keep um, with my story. You do that. Um, Jeff Barch. Jeff Barch. Jeff Barch. Thank you. Yeah. There gosh go. darn. I don't know why it's so hard. <laughs> um, I remember we were sitting on. Uh, we had a, it was me and a journalist. I was there primarily for photography and she was asking questions. And when the interview was fairly over, maybe it was, maybe it was still during the interview. I remember the question came up of, uh, Halloween. Uh, they're from Wales, the band. Um, did I mention the name of the band? You did not. No, I did not. It was a bullet for my Valentine. Oh yeah. Okay. We were in Cleveland. At a place called the Flats. Hello, Cleveland. Yeah, turn it to eleven. <laughs> um, I I never had a. I'm going to say this out loud, and I not to offend any of my Cleveland fans. Uh, I've never had a good experience with shooting a concert or doing an interview in Cleveland. I don't know what it is with the Live Nation <laughs> people in Cleveland, but they're assholes, and I want to say that clearly. <laughs> so, anyway, we uh, we we went to. Uh, Bullet was with Sony Records. Okay. So my contact was with Sony, and 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 he sent me a thing saying, hey, if you need to get a hold of me for any reason, I know it's a Saturday, but here's my my home, my my uh, my cell number, if you have troubles at all. Almost like he expected it, you know? It kind of <laughs> seemed like, well, that's kind of weird. Know, once things hit the fan, yeah. just call this number. Yeah. yeah. So we get to Will Call, and I, I tell him we need our pass, and... They're like, okay, uh, we don't have passes. You're, nobody's getting in. I'm like, <laughs> what? You know? What do you mean? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So we ended up walking around the venue, and George, their stage manager, okay, uh, I got his number too. He was like, hey, I, I'll get you through the lines and stuff. Don't worry about it. So we had to walk all the way around the venue instead of going in the venue like we should have with our <laughs> passes. And there was another live nation guy that was ready to just kick my ass. I'm like, I'm, I'm pressed, dude. I don't, I don't give two Mm -hmm. shits about why I'm here. Other than the fact I, I got something to write, you know, it's my job. Yeah. So 
he uh, he gives me all kinds of crap. George is over by the, I could see him by the tour bus waving at okay. me, right? And I'm like, that guy, I'm supposed to go over there. No, you're not. Yeah, I am. No, you're not. You know, and he, he puts his hand on my chest. He grabs my camera and says he's going to break it. Wow. I'm like, what? You know, this, I'm, I'm three times your size, you little nut, <laughs> you know? And <laughs> so my, my journalist with me at the time, Leandra, she's a, she's an amazing journalist, a great person. She's like, what are we going to do? I was like, I, George will come over here in a minute. And he didn't. I'm like, hmm, what the hell? So we make a long story really short. We we do eventually get on the bus and we're asking these questions. And one of the one of the questions led to Halloween. It's like, hmm. you know, what what did in Wales did you guys celebrate beggars night like we do here, or trick or treat and stuff? And uh yeah. uh Paget, Michael Paget was the guitar player for them or is the guitar player for them and he he said, Oh yeah, yeah, I do this and do that and uh, when I was a kid, we did this, and we it, it, it he lit up when it when it went from you know <laughs> you the typical tell. questions, yeah, you know exactly. And he's like, "Oh yeah, I went as Captain America," <laughs> and it was just <laughs> it was fun, you know. It was like uh, we're we're beyond the typical question. I used to ask, you know, what do you like on your pizza? Are you a are you a pepperoni guy? Or are you a yeah, pineapple guy? And normal you know? <laughs> like and and I've had conversations even going to Vid Summit. You know, I've had question or uh, conversations with different creators about this, and like it, you know, VidSummit is not VidCon. VidCon's right. like that. You know, VidCon's for the fandom and all that stuff. VidSummit is creators with creators respecting create. It's not to get the selfie. It's not this. It's not that. Um, yeah. Do you want to do stuff and have a good time? Of course, you know. But, um. I, you know, I look at a lot of the creators that were there and I mean, you, you, you turn around and it's like, oh, there's Matt Diavella. Oh, there's <laughs> Peter McKinnon. Oh, there, you know, everywhere you look, oh, there's Sean Holiday. Everywhere you look, you've, you've got somebody <laughs> that yeah. you've watched before. And yeah. it, I could see where if you're, if you're a huge fan or something, it's easy to get sucked into the, Hey, can we get a selfie? And, and most people don't care. Yeah. But at the same time, I, I just have never been a little like unless they offer it, I don't try to do it. Yeah. Um. I I had. Do you know who uh, David Dobrik is? Yeah. So when I was in New York in February, um, my family and I we we did a that was the girls' Christmas gift or you know kind of the Christmas gift. To everybody is instead of a bunch of plastic stuff they get over in about a day and a half. Right. We uh, oh, experience over stuff. Exactly. We, uh, you know, we knew I was going out to New York to, to go to Gary V's office and stuff. So we're like, well, why don't we do a family trip around that and give it to the, the kiddos too and bring, you know, bring everybody. So I had been out there, but my wife and kids had never been out there. So went out there and everything. And, and on our very last day, the day we were flying out, we, uh, we went, down the street to one more stop real quick before we went back and packed. And on our way back to the hotel, I see this guy with a camera and he's got it up to the, uh, the M and M store. And my wife's like, is that David Dobrik? And I looked and I was like, <laughs> yeah, it was him and his, his assistant, Natalie. And, uh, nobody was around him. He was completely like, it, it blew my mind. I was like, that is so weird. So I walked up to him and, and I just like put, 
put my head between both of them and I'm like, like, dude, you might want to put that camera away. You look like a tourist, you know? And he goes, he goes, no, look my, and you know, I, I, I do swear a lot normally, so I don't swear on YouTube, but I do swear a lot. But his exact words were, were like, no dude, look, my face is on that fucking bus. And sure enough, here's him and Nick Lachey from 98 degree and all these people from a show he's on. Yeah. And, and here's his you know face on the side of a bus. And in that moment, you know, we're talking for a it, it was out of nowhere. It was out of an absolute left field. And uh, after an amazing trip in New York, like we, I was already like flying high. And then this just, you know, took it higher. Um, so I, I love, I, I'm a big fan. And uh, anyway, I was like, all right, man. And he goes, he goes, well, hey, hey, let's get a picture. And because he said that, I was like, okay, all right, let's get a picture. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I did not. Like I would never prompt somebody to do it, I guess. Yeah. But so the niche thing is it's hard for me because I have a lot of hobbies. I love photography, yeah. videography, yeah. music, like business, like family, everything. And so what I've kind of like, I've finally come up with kind of is like, okay, my family is and the vlog and all that stuff. Like that's, that's my chance to experiment and learn. So I'm not like trying to gain a billion subscribers, you know, through, <laughs> through my vlog. Like I, I'm not that full of myself where I'm like, everybody loves to know what I'm up to. You know, you should you know, watch me look at me. You know, I'm that's, I, yeah. I'm not yeah. that if people are interested and, and I try to, in my vlogs, like if I learn something, I try to pass it along kind of yeah. thing. So, Hey, if I mess up, learn from my mistake. Um, but what the last few weeks have taught me on the business side, like I've been building our company channel and doing that that stuff from scratch. And what it's, what it's kind of taught me is like, wow, when you niche down, this isn't as hard as I thought. (laughs) Like I, I know, okay, Friday we have to do this Thursday. We're doing that. Like it, when you do niche down it, it, it makes life easier. Yeah. Um, yeah. You're not multitasking I, I with yourself. Uh, yeah. On my personal channel, it's hard, but like on the, on the business side, um, it's incredible how fast you can gain traction when you yeah. are focused on one thing. Yeah. And you can use and, those but, other tools to help your niche. You really can. Mm-hmm. There's no reason why you can't, you know, if you're inter- if you're interested in photography, there's no reason why you can't do photography that shares what you do as a painter or mm-hmm. a sculptor or, uh, if you're a YouTuber and you're making videos, you decide, I kind of want to do a podcast. Mm-hmm. You know, you got to think to yourself, how's that going to help you as a, as a YouTuber? And the number one reason for me thinking about this is that you're going to learn a lot about audio and how to make your yep. audio sound better, potentially even adding a lot of watch time to your YouTube channel because... <laughs> If you start doing the video of your podcast, you're just going to have a lot of watch time. People love sitting watching people talk. I don't know why they just they hit they hit play and they walk away and they listen to it. But the the you're getting the watch time even though you may not be looking at it. And one 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 thing I've I've told a lot of people, um, different you know like Genki and and a lot of you know vlogger people, um, like when I travel, I, like I travel a lot. 
not now, obviously, but normally my life is on the road. I live out of suitcases. And uh, a lot of hotels I stay at, what I do is if they have a smart TV, because I don't watch a lot. Like when I'm on the road, I don't watch TV. I, I don't have it on. It's just background noise kind of thing. But one thing I do is if, if they have a smart TV, I'll go to a random friend's play- playlist <laughs> and I'll just let right, it loop. Right, right. I'll leave it on. So housekeeping's <laughs> watching it, you know, I, like I just let it go all night. The 24, you know, is my entire hotel stay. Somebody's getting watch hours. Um, but, but I, yeah, it's, yeah, it's just, it's, it's weird. And, and what, I think the biggest thing is, is too many people want it too fast. Yeah. They want, they want the the subscriber count. They want all this stuff. And at the end of the day, you, you got to be yourself and just have a little patience with it because I mean, hundreds of videos later, you know, it's like (laughs) you can't, you know, I, I, I think I'm at 200 videos exactly roughly maybe 201 because I did one like three weeks ago. That's a lot of work. Um, It is a lot of work, but, but it's just like, like now all my work people are like, I'm, I'm blown away. We will get like a hundred and some views on a, on a video. And I'm like, no, it's a lot. You don't understand the, the (laughs) analysis behind all this. This is for a week and a half's work. This is freaking crazy. And they're like, no, I want more. I want to, you know, it's like, no, you can't be Joe Rogan today. (laughs) You know, you're right, nobody, right. nobody yeah. gives a shit who you yeah. are right now. You got to wait and work yeah. your way. You know, yeah. you don't have a team of seven people back here doing your edits, you know, exactly. That's, exactly. That's so. rough. And there are, for those listening who don't know, who are, are not initiated. There are a lot of YouTubers out there who have complete mm-hmm. teams that are there to gather the content. They're there mm-hmm. to express, does. yeah, express the yeah. content. You know, you've got, yep. you've got a marketing strategy. You might even have a strategist in your team who says, okay, I'm going to take these little bits of content. Mm-hmm. And I think it's Gary V who said, you know, put yeah. out 64 bits of content every day. That's yep. hard to do when you're still trying to create as a creator. Yeah. You know, if I'm going to sit and do paintings all day, I don't really, mm-hmm. and he would argue with me on this. I don't have the time to put out content. And I, on on my end, I'm going to say I don't, but listening to what Gary says, I do. All I got to do is turn the camera on and in my downtime, grab my content, put it together, grab a 30-second snippet, Mike, throw it out there. Mike, stop watching fucking Ozarks. Yeah. Right. And get your ass back. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what's, what's, no, the I, one, what's the one he uses about being on the beach and smoking weed or whatever? <laughs> It's like, Dude, I, the, the I thing love Gary. Gary, I love like, and, and I got to meet him and, and tour VaynerMedia and it was incredible. Um, which <laughs> there's a whole nother story. I, I actually want to make a video about it, but I haven't had time, but, um, speaking of time, um, <laughs> but I, did you see or or hear about or read about like when I blew him off on accident? I blew off his meeting. <laughs> no, no. So <laughs> sorry, Gary, I didn't have time for you. <laughs> I, I I literally am gonna make a video and you know it'll it'll be the same story. So if somebody listens to this, it'll just be a repeat. But <laughs> I literally am gonna make a video entitled I blew off a meeting with Gary B. <laughs> That's a great, and, great line. And I, I have the thumbnail and everything where he's just like, looks pissed off and, and everything like it's perfect. So anyway, 
<laughs> I, uh, going back to that New York trip I was talking about where I met, you know, David Dobrik too. So back in November, 2019, I knew that I was going to New York and I was going to meet Gary Vee and tour the offices. And so I had it on my calendar the whole, like since November, 2019, <laughs> I knew I was going to meet him in February. So we're in New York, whole family, you know, and they said, oh yeah, bring that, bring everybody, you know? So my whole family got to go up there and everything. Um, so we, <laughs> we go to a museum on a Tuesday or something. We're at the natural uh, history museum and go to it. We're in some, what do they call those? Uh, where they do like the pink Floyd light shows. Uh, Oh yeah. Like a planetarium type thing. Planetarium. Yeah, yeah. That's exactly what it was. So we, we did this planetarium show. I get out of the planetarium show and my phone, you know, I'm checking work email and all that stuff. And I see an email from Gary's assistant and it says, Hey, are we still, you know, you still plan on coming? And I'm like, yeah, looking forward to meeting you guys, seeing you guys tomorrow. You know, I'm, I'm pumped. And, uh, he's like, no, it's right now. <laughs> and I Whoops. looked to get, and my wife's like, your face just oh. went white as a ghost. And, uh, I looked again and I, I searched all my emails with him and everything. And I'm like, oh no. She's like, what? I go, I've had it on the calendar for two, for Wednesday this whole time. And it was Tuesday. Oh. And so those are the challenges. Those are the challenges. I literally, need, you know, yeah, I literally, I, I am so meticulous. My calendar is ridiculous. Yeah. Um, and I've only missed one other appointment in my like traveling professional life. Yeah, but this was huge, you know. And, 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 and I'm, I'm like, like I, I don't how? Wanna, I don't want to hammer on you this, but no, you know, no, it, I feel I, I hammered I on really myself, do. man. I was like, my stomach, everything. I'm like. There's people all over the world that would die for this opportunity and everything. And I'm, I'm like, Oh, whoops. <laughs> like <laughs> crap. And, uh, well, no, I felt impression with him. I'm sure. Well, and he so probably I remembered, I, I, you know, sent his assistant. I'm like, Hey, call me real quick. If you get a moment. And he called me and luckily, luckily Gary didn't have any like speaking engagements, wasn't leaving town or anything. So we set it up for, Wednesday morning. So he's like, Hey, does this time work for I'm like, yep. <laughs> you know, whatever time it is, it works. It works. Um, well, you're memorable and, now. Uh, Think of it that way. That's the positive yeah, side of it. You're exactly. memorable. Not because you missed it, but because he's like, Oh yeah, I remember that guy. <laughs> yeah. That guy blew me off. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. Dick. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, A couple F bombs later. But, well, and I, I didn't know what to expect. Um, like, okay, what route is he going to take on this, you know? And, and anyway, but we, uh, my wife's like, well, it's a half hour walk from a hotel or, you know, we can take an Uber. I'm like, no, we're walking. I made the kids, everybody walk. <laughs> Cause I'm like, we're not messing this up. Yeah. And I'm not putting my faith in the subway system or yeah, yeah. an Uber driver or yep. whatever. So we walk half hour. Um, finally get in there, get our passes, the whole deal. And, uh, we get up there and I mean, his team, uh, Katie, she showed us around everything and just incredible people. I mean, just absolutely welcoming, just nice people. And, uh, when we finally got to meet Gary, the cool thing about it was, you know, I, I'm like, dude, I am so sorry about missing yesterday. I said, I feel just awful. And he goes, the cool part about it is he goes, he goes, look, man, yesterday's done. He goes, you're here now. 
Don't worry about it. And and the fact that he like was that like yeah whatever, you know it happens. Yeah. Um, it was really cool. But he uh, he has that gift that not a lot of people have, where it feels like you're the only person in their life at that moment. Yeah. Like yeah, they full have attention. your like full yeah. full on attention. You know, I, you know talking to my kids. You know, I kind of uh, you know my daughter. I, I let her know. I'm she's like. You know, I don't let him listen to Gary for for certain reasons, <laughs> right, right. and uh, but I, you know, I educated him about who he was and all that stuff, and and uh, I said, well, actually, you know, that Super Bowl commercial you liked with Baby Nut and all that. I'm like, he, you know, his company was behind that, and uh, so yeah, that was one of the things she said. You know, he's like, oh, how are you? And she's like, I I really like that Baby Nut commercial. And he's like, yeah, and he gave her a high five and all that <laughs> stuff, you know, and um, you know, we got a picture and everything, but. Then we got the tour going back to your point about the team. We got the tour of Media, So I got to meet him first. We had a few minutes with him and then we moved on and did a, a full tour of the, you know, VaynerMedia and, you know, he's got, I forget how many, over a thousand people there on that floor working oh, for wow. him. I didn't know it's, it, that it's many. crazy. <laughs> it's insane. It, it is. It really is. And, you know, Katie walked us through like what everybody does and, and this and that. And, you know, there was one team 300 deep that it's like, you know, their whole job is to analyze what posts work and what posts don't. Yep. And yeah. okay, this Strategy. one didn't work. So now we yep. change and we yep. just do this and that trial and error and the speed going back to speed. It's so huge. Like, and, and that's where a lot of people get hung up is they're trying to make like this masterpiece, you know, they're trying to make their Mona Lisa in every piece of content yep. when, when in reality, you just got to go with it, see what sticks yep. move on. Absolutely. Forgive yourself and, and just keep going forward at some, some level. And I want to, I want to end it with this. I really do. Mm -hmm. At, at yeah. some level, every creator needs to understand that their recipe, their mark, whatever it is that they're doing is what makes them unique. You know, you can be like Gary, mm -hmm. you can be like um, you know, any of the YouTubers we've talked about today, you know, Casey yep. Neistat and, and any of them. You can be, you can be just like uh, Picasso or Vermeer or Rembrandt. You know, your style may be similar, but you will never be the same. Mm -hmm. You cannot be that person. You can only be you. And I think yep. that is the the best part about being a creative is the fact that, you know, you've got a story to tell, you've got your mark to make. And when you start to let go of the imitation side of it and become yep. the, the person you are, you know, others may compare you. That's their job, mm -hmm. you know, not yeah. yours. Oh, you, yeah. Your job is not to compare. Your job is to be you and put it out there. Uh, I look back at these these podcasts, I watch them on, uh, when I do a video of them, I look at it and go, oh my God, what was I doing, <laughs> you know? But I sit and think, that's my personality. That's who I am. And I can't, I can't make up for that. You know, Gary, change Gary it. takes a lot of hit for his, you know, when he says, fuck this, fuck that, fuck yeah. this, you know, that's his, that's his personality. It wouldn't be Gary. It yeah. wouldn't be. It wouldn't be. And I love yep. his charisma. I love the fact mm -hmm. that he jumps in there and I, I couldn't, I would... Uh, I just, I couldn't, I couldn't even <laughs> imagine walking in his shoes in a day because the dude's scheduled to the minute on everything. 
And, oh, yeah. And go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, I think a lot of people, uh, you know, you got to look at it as it, you don't have to, you know, some people look at a guy like Gary or any, you know, I don't want to put Gary in the same category, but like a, a Ty Lopez or somebody like that. And they think, oh, it's just like this fan guru thing, <laughs> yeah. you know, whatever. Yeah, they think and it's a show. Yeah, yeah. They think it's yeah. all this just like, you know, you know, they get off stage and they're just complete pricks and, you know, all this stuff. That's the downside um, of reality TV. We've we've all become mm-hmm. thinking that anything we put out exactly. is reality and it's not necessarily that way. And so I got to see Gary speak before I met him. Uh, I went to New Jersey right after Vid Summit and I got to actually see him speak in person. And one of the coolest things about it is this my my business partner and I, he, he lives on the East Coast. So he's like, hey, you know, Gary's coming. He's going to be the keynote on this. But there's all these other speakers throughout the day. Let's go. So we go to this thing. And first speaker, you know, we just started getting a weird vibe off this whole thing. We're looking around and they're they're trying to amp up the crowd and all this stuff. And this guy, he's telling a great story and all this stuff. And then at the end of the speech, he goes, and guys, look. You made it this far, and for today only, I'm selling my course for X amount, you know, because you're here, blah, blah, blah. And it just felt like almost like a, a predatorial thing. Yeah, like they were yeah, preying on these people. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, we're looking around, we're like, it's like a real life infomercial. You know, it's like an in-person like spam folder. And uh, <laughs> Damon from Shark Tank was there too. So we were like... Yeah, that's what it, that's what it felt like, and and I I was like I was getting a little worried because I was a fan of Gary Vee, and I'm like, wait, why is he associated with this? <laughs> you know, this this isn't cool, and uh, I, I was I was I was a little worried about it, and then so all these people were just like talking about how great they were, and then by my program at the end, it was like we we're starting to see the pattern. So we, we, we stuck it out for Damon from Shark Tank. So we're like, all right, you know, we like him and, um, you know, great story and everything. Even he was trying to unfortunately sell something, but, um, then we had a lunchtime Q and a, like a live Q and a with Damon. So we went to lunch and it was like a, there's a lot of good stuff in the Q and a. And then I finally told my business partner, I'm like, okay, I can't sit through a whole afternoon of this. And Gary's not. (laughs) Like he's going to be the last guy. I said, he won't be here to like six or seven at night. I'm I'm not going to spend my whole afternoon listening to this crap. So we went out in the lobby of this place in New Jersey, which was even cooler because it was his hometown. And so he was all fired up. But, uh, so we went in the lobby cause we saw a meet Gary V sign and, and there was like a whole backdrop and everything. Like you could pay extra to get a picture with him. And I always said, I, I don't want to, I don't ever want to pay to meet him. Like if I, <laughs> if I meet him, it has to be an organic, natural like thing. And so we, we didn't go with that package, but we went in the lobby and we just conducted normal business emails and everything else until <laughs> we knew once he came in to do his, you know, pictures, we're like, okay, he's going on next. So we literally did. We're all afternoon. We're just working like normal in the lobby, letting all the, you know, stuff happen. And then he gets on the stage 
and you know everyone's going nuts and he you know he's he's pretty fired up because it's new jersey and everything hometown and uh first thing first thing he says is anything you've seen today is all bullshit (laughs) he goes there's no fucking system there's no yeah he just starts going off and destroying <laughs> everybody, everything. Everybody came up and I was like, oh, thank God. You know, like I was worried he was going to be like, you know, in that category. And I'm like, oh, thank God. It was the most authentic, like just from the heart. From, like you, you could just tell there's a different level with him. Yeah. Totally different level with him. That's um, awesome. And then meeting him and his team and everything else. Like he, I, I can, I can say from personal experience, he's, he's the real deal. What he says is he's not just, it's not a show. I mean, he practices what he preaches. Where can, I need to ask you, where can people find you online? Yeah. Um, so I'm a huge fan of Twitter. Twitter is one of my favorite social platforms. Um, you know, speaking of a lounge setting, I feel like it's a constant cocktail party. You know, it's just, <laughs> it is, it, it's a quick back and forth. Um, but, uh, so everything, uh, everything I do on the, uh, on like my personal side, like my personal channel and my personal Twitter and all that stuff, it's all at Brian Vlasich. Um, so Instagram, Twitter, it's all at Brian Vlasich, my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Brian Vlasich. Um, I have been doing a lot like on my work life. I, it's a little different. You know, I've tried to separate them a little bit. So it's, uh, it's not too convoluted and <laughs> crossing over too much. Um, but yeah, work channel and all that kind of stuff. It's, you know, our, our, our rep group name is Yorston and associates. Uh, we, we go by YNA to make it easier. Um, but yeah, I mean Facebook, everything. Yeah, just I I try to keep it as easy as possible by using my my full name. Awesome, awesome. I hope you enjoyed this this episode, dude. And I think we got oh, a lot. A blast. We got a lot out, right? You know, there's a lot here. And I'm looking forward. So our uh, our inside girl, shout out to Ellen Dyer if she listens to this. Um, Ellen is a blessing for our team. I mean, she has been. We, we kind of call her mom because she keeps us all in check. Um, but she, uh, you know, scheduling and all that kind of stuff. She keeps us on, on, you know, Hey, we need to be here at this time and, and all that kind of stuff. But I'm, I've been trying to, her and I have been working closely through this thing. I've been trying to teach her certain things with premiere and editing and all that kind of stuff. And, uh, you know, she's the one person, she's the exception to uh to everybody else that I'm actually teaching right now um how to do some stuff but uh she is one of the hardest working people I know and she's actually based in Columbus um went to Ohio State she was actually a synchronized swimmer for Ohio State nice um and tried out for Cirque du Soleil in Vegas actually but um anyway she uh you know just killing it on, on social media and in her openness to learn. And so where I'm getting with that is I will be probably in Columbus at some point once everything lifts and we're able to move around again. Um, 
her and this other guy, Joe, that we, we work with, they both live in Columbus and that's where we shoot all our videos at. So I fly into Columbus and do all that stuff. And it'd be great to oh, yeah. kind of meet you and you and Paul for real yeah. for, uh, for a couple drinks or something. That would be fun. Or even a jam session. Why not? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Paul can learn how to play bass before he gets there. <laughs> He's not even here to listen. <laughs> I'm terrible. Uh, as creatives, I, I want to leave everybody with this. You you do have challenges uh, with your everyday creativity. Uh, technology gets in the way. Don't let it get in the way. Just do your thing and get what you got and move on, you know, and do your thing. Get, the, the thing with gear, and I actually made it, I think I've made a couple videos on this now, but like, because um, that's the thing with videos, you make one. And then you kind of forget sometimes and you make a, a video on the same topic. <laughs> but, uh, but one of the things with gear for me and I let it, if you can learn from my mistake, I let it paralyze me for a long time. Yeah. And what I mean by that is I never felt good enough, you know, in the, in more in the music realm initially, I was like, oh man, that doesn't sound right. Oh, I'm getting a little hiss here. I'm getting this, I'm getting that. And at the end of the day, it's like, if the song is good, it's good. Right. You know, if it, you know, you look at Prince and I think it was what raspberry beret that, you know, Warner brothers or whoever wanted, they're like, no, you need to re-record this. <laughs> and he goes, no, just release the demo. And they're like, no, we, <laughs> you know, it doesn't demo. sound good. And he's like, no, nah, I don't care. Go ahead. <laughs> that that's, that encompasses what I want with that song. And they ended up doing it. And, you know, at the end of the day, it wasn't perfect. Like if you listen to the audio, the, like, it, it doesn't sound like everything on the radio. It does have kind of a lesser quality at the end of the day, yeah. but it still works. Yeah. It nobody catches works. that. I didn't, I know I did. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, that's, I guess the story for another day, but I got the meat prints one time and then I toured his, his house after he passed away and everything up in Minnesota. And, um, just, yeah, he, he's one of those guys. It's like, if it's good, it's good. You just feel it, yep. you know? And I think yep. a lot of people have to go by feeling like, yep. make it as good as you can with what you have and, you know, gear, learn everything you can with the gear you have and yep. then move on. Right. But, yep. um, whatever problems you run that, into, solve that problem next I mean, with another piece of gear later when you can afford it. Absolutely. Yeah. If you're, if you're a shitty guitar player with a $60 guitar, you're still going to be a shitty guitar player with a, you know, $3,000 guitar. So yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Man, I tell you what, this, there's so much in this episode. I'm really, really happy. I'm thankful you were on the show. I was uh, really, really happy when I got that, that uh, email or text or however we, we did it there. When I saw, I opened up my phone, we, we just got done watching the movie. I was like, Oh, Brian's going to be here tomorrow. That's awesome. Oh, thanks, so, man. <laughs> so this, this is good. I'm, I'm so happy. Nah, I appreciate everything you do. I mean, your, your talent and your, I mean, you always share the pictures and discord of your, your process of paintings and stuff. And I, I have such a high appreciation for that. It's, Thank you know, you. to the creator, it's always like, eh, but to the people, you know, to people that can't do it, it's like, <laughs> oh my God, like, that is insane. <laughs> yeah. So, I would always look at it. I'm, I suck. I'm, gonna, I'm exactly. just going to start painting like Jackson we, Pollock. <laughs> we are the worst critics of her. Yeah. And we are always our own worst, worst critics. So. Awesome. Yeah. No, all right. I, I appreciate all the, 
everything you do and all the servers you somehow juggle and <laughs> the podcast and everything else. It's, it's incredible. Yeah. It's all part of the process. I learned <laughs> it all from Gary, actually. <laughs> He's the man, man. He is I, the man. Don't sleep on Gary. Just no. Just listen to him. And yeah. I hope in this whole COVID thing and, and everything going on, number one, I hope everybody's obviously healthy and yeah. happy and, and safe. But number two, I hope it teaches people that like what he's saying, it, it it's not just to say it, it's the truth. Yep. I mean, yep. you, you got to toot your own horn, you build, man. You got to do it. Yeah. I mean, it is, uh, it's hard to get over it. And, and in the beginning, it's hard to push record and it's hard to share it with the public. Yep. Um, but you'll get better at it. But <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, I, yeah. I mean, I look at my first <laughs> vlog and I just, I'm like, Oh God, that yeah. is, that is horrible. I don't even know what frame rate yeah. I was in. Yeah. All right, then. Well, I think we call this an ending and I'm really, I, I right, do man. have to, I want to check on my notes, make sure I got everything. And I, <laughs> I want to, I want to say in closing statements to the listeners, uh, thank you for listening. I really appreciate it. Share it with your friends. If you like the show, if you like, um, what we talked about here, you know, leave us a comment. Tell us, tell us what you got out of it. I'd like to know. I'd like to know if I'm hitting the right buttons and, and all that sort of thing. And, uh, if I'm doing things right, if I'm not doing things right, criticize me. I, I learned from that. You're not gonna hurt my feelings. I promise. Um, <laughs> if you are a creative and you want to be on the show, drop me a line. If you need to find me on anything, you can always go to all walks of art, uh, on the internet and just, just search all walks of art podcast. You'll find it. Send me an email. Let me know. I'd love to have you on the show. And I'm going to say this again from the bottom of my heart. I really appreciate Brian. I, th I think he's a, a great guy. Go check him out on his YouTube channel. Check him out on Twitter. Follow him. You know, show some love there. Let folks know that uh, you're listening. We uh, we love having you on the show. And Brian, again, yeah. thank you so much for being on the show. Really love to uh, have you. Thank you, man. And, and to everybody listening, go back and listen to... Felix and Adil and I mean there's so much talent that you guys have had on the show um, I, I feel so inadequate compared to, <laughs> compared to the guys that no. have been before me I'm like mm, it's okay. a community um, but yeah it, it, it really is and um, I love like your podcast is one that I have um, lately it's just been while I'm clean <laughs> cleaning the garage yeah, that's what but for. normally <laughs> normally i save it because i you know i drive hours at a time so yeah. i always you know have it on and um yeah no i i absolutely get a lot out of it and, and love the guests you have so awesome. i appreciate and am unbelievably humbled to be uh to be even on it so thank you very good thank you with that we will say goodbye see you brian see you paul i know you're not on here anymore but we'll say see you paul <laughs> See everybody. Take care.